High school football kicks off on August 26th, and Get Stuck on Sports will be there for all the action. Oh, hit the corner of the end zone! Jeff Heslop finds Anthony Renzo! 11 seconds left! The Mariners take the lead! 26 regular season games in nine weeks. Plus, playoffs. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Yes, playoffs. All on GetStuckOnSports.com. The place to be for high school football in the Blue Water area is GetStuckOnSports.com. Your kids, your schools, your sports. It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. And the countdown is on, Brady Beaton, and uh, we are getting uh, closer and closer to the start of the high school football season. It's finally game week. It is finally game week, and I couldn't be more excited because, well, with, with our camp stuff and then our golf outing, which, by the way, was amazing, it has... Uh, it has just kind of snuck up on you. Like, you're busy, you're worried about the outing, you're worried about this, worried about that, and then you get done with that, you're at the weekend, you're like, we have games in five days. Yeah, th- this is, well, when have we not had a busy week? We thought the summer would be like, oh, what are we going to do? And we've been pretty busy this yeah. summer. Yeah, but no, the uh, one before we get into our big preview, uh, the golf outing went wonderful. A huge thank you to Brian Bowman and everyone at the Elks. That made that possible. Thank you to everyone who showed up. Uh, we had a beautiful day for it. Uh, weather was awesome. Um, everyone seemed to have a lot of fun. And a big thank you to uh, Todd Powers and TP Logos because he did our signs and the banners and everything and gave us a lot of just amazing prizes. Uh, I mean, everyone seemed to be very happy with them. It was He made that event better than it had any right to be yeah and thanks to uh, brian bowman yep and everybody at the uh, elks thanks to everybody who came out yeah no we had a lot of a lot of familiar faces um hopefully next year if nothing else we already have dibs on the, that same day hope maybe we'll get it on a saturday if we can but um if nothing else it will be the same date next year all right same bat time same bat channel yeah and now for our big football preview extravaganza, Dennis. And this is kind of like a milestone because our first real podcast on Get Stuck on Sports, number one, was the 2020 uh, preview. This year, I think we're a lot more prepared. I think we've done a lot more research, gone to six camps. We'll be joined by Brandon Folsom, who has been to a ton of camps too. And on different days, which, which I like, and I know right now there's going to be some, some stark uh, contrast to where we have some teams, you and him, especially with one in particular. But it should be fun. It might be a long one today, but that'll be fine because uh, it, it's going to be a fun football season. All right, so when we come back, Brandon Folsom will join us and we'll start in the Macomb Area Conference and work our way uh, up towards the uh, north. Sounds good. All right. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. 
Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 800- 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, (laughs) slip, (laughs) squeak, or leak, replace them with Anderson windows with low E glass, low maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes. They can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Port Huron. Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville, TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union. Real advantages for real people. Not valid on credit card, secure real estate, or commercial loans. Interest accrues at loan disbursement. Estimated 2019 member savings, effective July 1st, 2020. Subject to approval and to change any time. Floor rates and restrictions apply. Equal opportunity lender. DuraClean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call DuraClean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. DuraClean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Magnet International is North America's largest auto supplier and now calls the Blue Water area home. Our new plant, located on Range Road in St. Clair, will have great opportunities for all members of the community. Named to Fortune Magazine's World Most Admired Companies two years in a row, Magna offers many different career opportunities. Wages start from $17 and up. Go to magna.com forward slash careers to apply today. Again, magna.com forward slash careers to join our team and create the future of mobility together. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. 
Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right. Dennis Brady and Brendan Folsom, the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports uh, podcast, talking some football. Um, Boy, the summer went uh, fast, uh, guys. It's been a busy couple of uh, weeks. You basically got out to see everybody? Almost. Going to Algonac tonight. Um, So I will have seen, you know, the big 12 schools in our area. Um, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, and you got out. I mean, that uh, what last Friday the scrimmage day? You got to see what three different yep. scrimmages? Thursday, yeah, I went Thursday, to Lake, yeah. Lakeview, Fitzgerald, Hazel Park, and I went to Yale. Yeah, so so I saw probably fourteen teams, I think. Jeez, but what? Well, this is going to be. You know, we had our six little uh, camp shows. Just went right up the water to get to do them all. But uh, yeah, now. We're going to put it all in a, in a big, nice package for you. So one thing, one big preview, what we've learned, and, and see where we think these teams are all going to end up. You want to start in the blue or the silver? I have deep thoughts about the silver. I saw everybody but Clintondale and uh, Madison, so I know what everybody looks like. All right, let's, let's start. start in the silver then. Let's start. Um, well, I mean, I think we all agree it is Marine City's uh, league to lose – um, they they bring they do bring back a lot of talent. They lose guys like Mason Walker. Um, they lost. Um, oh, why am I blanking? That's Anthony Rensel. Anthony Rensel. Thank you. Darius Watson. Darius Watson. Um, among others, Derek Schlotman. Schlotman was another one. He had the big sack at the end of the Marysville game to seal it for him. So there's like right there. There's our four contributors. But they're bringing back a lot of production, especially in the backfield. Rafino, Tiger, Tetler, Heslop. Just to name a few, that's a successful backfield. I mean, you saw them scrimmage. You've, you've been down there. We've talked about them. Why don't you kick us off with what your thoughts are on Marine City? Yeah, they're, they're the best team in the silver, without a doubt. Uh, probably had like three or four times at the scrimmage. They put, so they scrimmaged against Lakeview, which uh, was great for me to see that because that could be a playoff opponent for Northern or PH this year. Um, so obviously it's a Division two school, so a much bigger school, and Lakeview's got some dudes, and Marine City had no problem at times, but like three, four different times, a coach would come up to me like, we're not looking too good today, like, don't judge us on this performance right now, like, I, a bunch of assistant coaches walked up and said that, Dave Front said that to me too, twice, three times, <laughs> but I mean, you know, not looking good for Marine City is, you right. know, a dream season for a middle-of-the-road BWAC team, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a, that's a high standard down there at Marine City, but I mean, how much is it going to mean for a guy like Heslop, who last year, without a real offseason, without being able to have a full camp, has game experience and a full off season. He's coming back. He's a junior and he has weapons around him. He might be the most seasoned quarterback in the in the area, outside of maybe Townsend. Outside of Townsend, the thing I like the most about Jeff is he went to the weight room. There's a couple of quarterbacks in our area who just did not go to the weight room this year, and it's going to show when they get their teeth kicked in. And Jeff's not going to be one of them. Like Jeff is just strong armed and. He knows his stuff. Uh, Letson is very excited about him. I would check in with Letson all the time, and he would just tell me how well Jeff's doing. And Jeff did all that while playing baseball this summer. 
Um, I definitely think he's going to be probably the second or third best quarterback in our area. And definitely the guy you're going to want running that offense. Their offense is going to look much different this year, I, I think. Well, I mean, it's the same offense, but just with a different identity. I mean, Darius Watson's not back there, and I think they're going to ask different things out of Chuck Tigert. Um, and I think they're actually going to use him more. So, uh, yeah, it's just going to look much differently. Tatler's going to carry the ball a lot, and he looks so good right now. He runs so strong. Well, I mean, he was a guy, Dennis, I know you didn't get to see him, but he's a guy last year that would just pop off for a big run out of nowhere. It seemed like every game he had a 40, 50-yard run. And coming back, he's going to get some more carries this year. He's a guy I'm really high on. Well, that's Marine City football, though, and it has been for a long time. Is uh, They get a couple of guys like a Tiger and a Tetler, and you don't know which one's going to break it, but at some point in the ball game, they're both going to break one. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy who actually looks like he had the best offseason is Scotty Kretschmeyer. Mm-hmm. He did not play very much at all. It was just all mop-up minutes. I remember he had a really nice touchdown against Madison when I went to that game on a Saturday uh, last season. Just a tiny kid, but, man, he's a senior now. He runs so hard for what he is. Just He's a little guy. He kind of reminds me of the um, Sakuchi brothers. He kind of runs like that. Um, so he's going to be another guy like, you know how Teller just came out of nowhere. Like, who is this kid? Who's, right. This is going to be Crutchmeyer this year. I guarantee it. Well, and someone I don't think we give a lot of praise to because we like to talk about offense. Wyatt Walker might be the best defensive player in the area. It might be, you could make an argument, might be the best player in the area this year. Now he doesn't get to play next to his, his brother, which maybe you'll find out now that he's, the, the main target for the offense they're game planning around, but I feel like last year I said Wyatt Walker's name 20 times a game, minimum. Yeah, his brother was our player of the year at the Times Herald right. last year, and, you know, there was 50 guys who could have been player of the year last year, so that says a lot about just how strong their defense was last year. Um, the, big, you know, the biggest thing is Mason's not there, so you can't really lean on Mason to make some calls and some audibles. It's on Wyatt this year, and it's on Chuck. Chuck's playing uh, – Chuck Tiger's playing this, like, outside linebacker, like uh, – With that, like, bandit, stand, what they'll yeah, call it. like the maverick position or yeah. whatever. I think because Chuck's playing that, Wyatt's going to have 20 tackles a game because Chuck is unblockable. So as soon as Chuck gets the first five tackles of the game, this guy will – line up on the strong side, and he'll chase the ball down on the weak side with the tackle. As soon as that happens five times to start a game, they're gonna, the offense are going to adjust to block Chuck, and then Wyatt's going to just have open reign the rest, of the, the rest of the game, chasing down tackles. Pick your poison. If you had to pick, and it's hard with Marine City, but if you had to pick a weakness, an area where they could be exposed this year, where is it? Defensive line. They don't have a Derek Schlottman. They don't have a Maddox Moselle, let's put it that way. They don't have a 300-pound kid on the line. Maybe they're 150-pounders, 160-pounders. They're, they're tiny on the defensive line, but speed kills, especially with yeah, their defense. So. I, I will say that, but the one spot where, and they'd admit it to you, they admitted it to us, I think they said it to you in your interviews, um, is that that Frankenmuth game, it was pretty close for a half. And then mm-hmm. Frankenmuth dominated them in the trenches in the second half. Offensively and defensively, there were holes for their running backs to run through, and there was nowhere for the speedy guys to get outside for Marine City. 
Yeah. So I want to see more of that defensive line. I only saw a scrimmage and a practice, but they're really tiny there. But the offensive line is going to be strong. Like they have Kyle Smallstick back and Carter Ames back. Those are mm-hmm. like two strong senior dudes. And they have, um, I believe his name is Tyler Wozniak, the guard. This kid is just shot up like weight room warrior, I guess. Uh, all the coaches said he had one of the best camps and he had one of the best summers. And you watch him play with such confidence. He kind of reminds me of Derek Schlotten, where Derek Schlotten was kind of like this crazy kamikaze who just runs. <laughs> He's like how Dennis describes the Ellis brothers. That's how Derek Schlotten played. That's how Wozniak plays. Like, you should see this guy pull around the end. Like, it's, it's, I would not want to be the receiving end of whatever DN's getting smacked in the face when he comes around the end. What? Oh, go ahead. Uh, I, I just I can't point out enough too is that these players are being coached by some excellent coaches, so they're learning the right way to do it. Plus, mixing in their natural talent. Yeah, and uh, well, one guy that I think we need to look at that might be a big benefit of that. He got a little bit of it, and I don't know how much he'll play this year, but I think he could find the field. Is uh, Parker Atkinson? He's he's Jeff's backup. But I saw him play baseball in that, in that district game, came in at shortstop as a freshman, played well, got a little bit of action. I, don't, I obviously don't think he's going to be under center in any critical moments, but from what I've seen and what I've heard, he's an athlete, and I'm sure they'll do what, what they can to find him a spot on, on the field at some point. He's an athlete um, against Lakeview, I think, so – Jeff Heslop was out with an injury, so Chuck was playing quarterback. And Chuck's a great athlete, but he'll probably be the first person to tell you he's not the most precise thrower. He's not like Jeff Heslop as mm-hmm. far as throwing, but he's a strong quarterback. But it was like third and 20, third and 30 or something like that. Just basically a freebie play. We're going to punt after this type of situation. And Chuck rolls out and throws into triple coverage to Parker Atkinson, and he just picked it out of the air like it was a you know cherry on top of a cherry tree mm-hmm. and secured it and got the first down and moved the chains, and they end up punching in a, a score on that series, all because this kid out-jumped three, three defenders. Right. He's and, an athlete. And that's the thing where when Chuck's out there split out, you're going to have three guys from the other team covering him so that's going to leave a lot of one-on-ones for an athlete like Parker Atkinson now um I do kind of want to go through the schedule for each team so let's start with Marine City obviously they open up with St. Clair then they take on South Lake Marysville they have at home they go to Fitzgerald host Clintondale go to Hazel Park host Madison then they end the season with Warren Lincoln and Notre Dame Prep and, uh, Brandon, I know you saw Fitzgerald, and they were not, uh, or at least they didn't seem to be what they were last year. It seems like it's going to be the start of the season might be a little bit of a test and the last game, mm-hmm. but there might be about a month stretch there where they're outscoring opponents by a large margin. I think after that Marysville game, you're going to see starters not even playing the second half. They're not going to need to. Like Fitzgerald was so talented last year with the, you know, they're a smaller school, you know, small team, but they were so talented last year. And this year is like their defense is not going to be able to hang with Marine City. They they couldn't they couldn't hang with Millington or St. Clair or Allmont when I watched them. I mean, Dennis, you look at the schedule. What do you see? Well, I I see a lot of wins first off for Marine City, uh, especially in league. Who's going to tell outside of Marysville, who we'll talk about here next, but a lot of question marks. Well, we a were, lot of question marks with the, when we 
list the names of the guys that aren't in Marysville this year. Uh, that's a lot of new names that we've got to plug in to those spots. So, and it's to me, it's it's just a, a reload for Marine and, City. And here's the thing for Marine City. They get Marysville week three. A lot of those new guys might not be 100% comfortable yet. It won't be till like, not like week seven where maybe they had had the season yeah. to get in. So if Marysville wants a chance, they're going to have to put it together quickly. But again, after Marysville, they might not have a test till Notre Dame prep because we were hoping Fitzgerald would uh, maybe be another challenge because you saw them last year, Brandon. They were legit, and if they play – Marine City at the end of the year, they might have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Are we talking about Marysville right now? Did no, let's, let's, just, let's put a little bow on Marine City, and then we'll finish yeah. it off. But, I mean, if Fitzgerald isn't there to challenge the Mariners. It's Hazel Park is the third best team. It, my hierarchy yeah. is going to be Marine City, Marysville, Hazel Park, uh, Fitzgerald, um, and then and it's, neither Clintondale or Madison. It's going to be Madison. Uh, Clintondale beat Madison last year, like the second time in program history out of like 12 or 14 meetings. It's not going to happen again. So it's going to be Madison and Clintondale. That's going to be the hierarchy this year. That's uh, a huge jump for Hazel Park because they've been the doormat since they've come into the MAC. Their offense is horrible, but they're going to. But their defense is awesome. <laughs> you do not. There, I tell you what. There's going to be some ice baths being had after that game. They've they flow to the ball three four hats to the ball and they hit and those well, kids uh, they hit hard. Well, remember last year at the end of the first quarter, Marine City and Hazel Park was zero zero. Yeah, they gave Marine City fits for a little bit. Then they figured it out, made the adjustments, and and the water and the water started rushing out. But they uh, gave them the. The, the business there for a quarter. But I think th th to wrap this up, Marine City, it's not going to be a question, obviously, if, if they make the playoffs, it's how many home games can they get in the playoffs. And that's not even going to matter until they get to the regional, probably, because their district is going to be terrible. This, the team I've seen most of the teams that are in their district. I saw Denby play. Denby only has uh, 19 kids this year. Jeez. And I talked to one of their coaches, and – like coach is this it he goes yeah this is everyone's here he's like i don't know how we're gonna play with seven kids on the sideline at all times Jeez. so i mean denby's gonna probably you know they're probably gonna win six seven games like they mm. always do because they have athletes on grass right and their offense is designed to, to you know they got an eight-man football offense basically where oh yeah they're gonna get these one-on-ones and score 50 points a game they're not gonna be able to hang with marine city lincoln's not gonna be able to hang with marine city if lincoln makes the playoffs right like it, Marine, uh, yeah, Marine City. Yeah, I bet you they win that Notre Dame prep game. Obviously, I think we're gonna find out real early about Marine City. Like, if they beat St. Clair Week One and then they beat Marysville, they're probably gonna have an undefeated season. Well, Marysville in Week Three, they're a team as as Dennis has mentioned and you mentioned, bringing back uh, or losing a ton of players. I believe the number was what twenty four or twenty six seniors they lost from a year ago, and I would say. I'm not trying to exaggerate, 90-plus percent of their total yardage offensively from last year. Well, you got no Singleton, no Lee, no Woodard, no, Meyer. no Smayfield, no Meyer, no Maceo Miller, no Sam Lasher. That's just seven guys that were huge to them the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. So you're reloading with them. Um, it, from what we saw in the scrimmage, it looks like Noah Lavalle is going to be the starting QB. Uh, that 
but the good news for that is Nick Thomas is going to be there for him to throw to. So that's probably going to be the connection we talk about all year. And uh, I will tell you what, I know you were on this first, Brandon, but the Sakuchi brothers, that's, that's a stock you want to buy in right now. They looked good against PH. Like They got to the second level, and they weren't being caught by, by any of the uh, big red secondary. Do you know what grade Carter Sakuchi's in? What grade? He's in 10th grade. He looks like a man. Like, that kid lives in the weight room. That kid has huge, huge thighs. He's going to be a problem. What did I tell you <laughs> when I saw the pictures? I was like, oh, my God, those thighs are bigger than my chest. Yeah, I know. He's going to be a problem for the next two, three seasons for Marysville. Um, yeah, I think with Marysville, it's – I think it's a reload. I honestly do. I've been writing about that. Like um, – that offensive line is really talented, especially on the left-hand side. I don't know if you noticed uh, Michael Pizzo. I, if you look at my, t- if you're listening to this at home, go to the Times Herald and look up my top 25. He was number 25 on it. Look at that picture of him pulling around the end. I think it was like a game against Marine City. And then look at the picture I posted in our photo gallery. That dude is doubled in size, and he's playing left tackle for them now. He's not going to be a pulling guard. And then um, Dalton Sargent, you guys talked to him. Oh, yeah. Oh, what yeah. an intelligent kid, right? Yeah. yeah. Great kid. I just The whole left side of that line is, is going to be a strength for them. They got Schweighoffer at right tackle. They got the, the younger Smayfield kid is going to be rotating in. And then uh, Meyer. Meyer is going to be the center. And then they got, uh, is it Roaring? Yeah, Adam Roaring. I yeah. Think. That, what a talented offensive line. Like, they're going to hang their hat on that offensive line. Um, so the Sakuchi brothers, just through osmosis, are going to have great numbers, in my opinion, especially in the silver, because you're not going to slow down that offensive line unless you're Marine City. Well, like, scoring, I don't think, is the problem. Like, even when we watched them against PH, they're going to score points. Yeah. My question is, is are they going to stop anybody? Yeah, that's what we're going to find out. I mean, I really like Michael Westrick. I a, do, too. A lot. Yeah. I, I think they got some dudes back there. I really do. Uh, it's just uh, – it was like we, you're talking about with Parker Atkinson. You also got Charles Tiger and Anthony Rafino. Yeah. Pick your poison. Who are you going to stop? Right. Because the other two kids are going to make a play. Right. And the thing, again, we talk about they lost everything on offense. But last year, the chess pieces that the, the Viking coaching staff had defensively, you could have put DeMarco Singleton at any of the 11 positions last year, and he would have been a problem. You could have put Evan Woodard Anywhere in the back seven, he would have been a problem. And those guys never came off the field. Mm-hmm. I know we talked about DeMarco Singleton offensively. He was probably one of the five or three best defensive players in the area last year. He won them the Fitzgerald game. Yeah. In overtime, he made the stop. Yeah. Him so and you, Sam. So you lose that, and, okay, we know Michael Westrick's going to be good, but there's a lot of question marks especially the one thing we noticed when we saw them play is the back seven could be uh, in a little bit of trouble for Marysville. That's the thing is I, I wasn't at the scrimmage. I only saw photos from it, so I, I, don't, I don't know what to make out of that. Um, so you guys are going to have to speak on that. But they do have some other guys that I, I, I like. Um, uh, Hodgins. Mm-hmm. That kid, I think that that kid, um, he played a lot last year, and um, I just feel like he's probably one of their stronger defensive backs that they got on the field. 
Um, and then, like I said, Michael Westrick is just a stud. He was a stud last year. Like, he's a name, like, you forget, right? You, you name the 10, like, Dennis named, like, 10 kids, right? And you, you, you forget about the Michael Pizzos mm -hmm. and, and the Michael Westricks and those guys who were solid starter role players for them last year. That's actually a really good point is that you get blinded so much by the, the superstars yeah. that they had that the other kids that were doing a great job kind of don't get looked at. Yeah, exactly. Oh, one kid that I know that he, he's at least an athlete that, that some of the coaches liked a little bit was Sherrard. I know he's going to be on the defensive line. I don't know if he what he can do. I just know that's a name that's come up. But there's there seems to be a lot of jobs up for grabs, and it might not be till week two, three, or four that you really get a solidified starting eleven on that defense. Yeah, but the thing is, is all these guys have got experience, even if it's on the JV level in this system. Like, I was talking to Dalton Sargent about that. He's like, yeah, some of us played on, on JV or whatever, but, like, we know we're talented. Mm -hmm. We know we can fill these spots. We're, we just know we're not, like, how they didn't say this. I said this, but they just know they're not household names yet, you know. Right. They haven't had that Friday Night Lights experience yet, but they're going to have some Maceo Millers on this team. We just don't know about them yet. So, looking at their schedule, I feel like the start of this season is going to kind of define what they will be. They open at Memorial Stadium against Port here on Northern on Thursday. Dennis, you'll be there for that one. Yeah, and b before you, you move on, to me, I'm looking at this and I'm going, that is right off the bat maybe the biggest game of the season for Marysville because of the new playoff system. They're going to play a D2 team right off the, the hop. You get that win, and that is huge for Marysville. You, that might be the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs, even if you have a winning season. I think that'll determine if they have a winning season. Imagine going into that Marine City game off of a Northern win two weeks earlier. You yeah. can't tell me they're not going to be more confident and more excited. If they, go, if they get bludgeoned by Northern – Maybe they're dragging tail into that. It's week three, right? Yeah. 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 Maybe they're dragging tail into that. If you beat Northern, they're not supposed to beat Northern. I think they're probably, we'll talk about Northern later. I think they're like the same team. I think they're both reloading a lot of uh, new starters and they, they kind of look the same and play the same. It's a coin flip game, but they're going to go in as the underdog uh, week one just because it's not at, it's not at Walt Brown, it's at Memorial. And you know Memorial is going to be packed and it's going to be super loud. It's that's almost going to be like a neutral site though, because you know there's going to be just as many Marysville people there as Portland yeah, High. It's just playing on grass. It's still in a, a home game for, right. for Northern though, and I think that's going to make a big difference. So obviously that might be the biggest, the most important game for both teams on any of the schedules it's we gonna, talk it's about. It's going to set the tone for the season. Uh, center line they have at home, then they have the big rivalry with Marine City. Um, a rematch from last year, obviously, I think we're all in agreement the Mariners are going to be the favorite in that game, especially with it being at East China Stadium. Then they host Hazel Park, go down to Madison, host Clintondale, host Fitz, go to Madison Heights, Lamphere. And I just want to pause here for a second because Lamphere was a team last year that basically put up video game numbers on the Mac Bronze. And I didn't give them respect, and then they go out, and they kind of gave Country Day their biggest test uh, in, in the playoffs last year. Now, as we'll see when we talk about a team like East Point, do they have the same kids there again this year, 
or are they all gone somewhere else? Lampfear down there because that field, unless it's changed, is awful to play on. You might as well go to Marysville Park and play a game. That's basically what it is. But that's one of the other, I think, turning point crux games for the Vikings on their schedule. Yeah, the only the only thing I'm worried about um, is Hazel Park and Fitzgerald. Pretty Fitzgerald actually does play pretty good pass defense. I wouldn't throw on Fitzgerald. St. Clair, I think, threw a pick or two against them. I think Almont threw a pick. And uh, so Fitzgerald's got a pretty good pass defense. So as long as Marysville doesn't get too cute, I don't see anyone being a problem on their schedule. I honestly think they're the second best team. Um, you just don't get too cute against Hazel Park. Right, just, and then just play to your strength. And, and, I'm, and I'm sure, I'm sure you know Marysville's gonna. Do the same thing they've been doing for 50 years. <laughs> right. And then they end the season at home against St. Clair. That's going to be enough. That, well that, by that point, I think we'll have a good idea of what the two teams are. But right now, I have no idea what that game's going to be. Dennis, you look at the schedule. I mean, I think we've talked about it before. There's a lot of variance in what can happen for the Vikings this year. Well, yeah. I'm, I, again, game one for me is the one that kind of sets it all up. If Marysville goes out and lays an egg against Northern, it might be a little bit longer season for the Vikings. But if they go out and they beat Northern, I think Marysville has got a chance in every single game. The, the, the game that they're the underdog in is obviously the Marine City game. But is it unwinnable? No. No. I mean, the one thing, the one of the biggest things – is during this stretch where Marine City's beat them, what, like 19 out of 20 times or something like that, basically going back to the turn of the century, I think, uh, or like 02 or 03, Marysville's beat them, what, once? The thing now is I think a lot of those kids aren't as intimidated by Marine City as some teams were in the past that they believe. And I think last year went a long way in showing that they maybe believe a little more and won't go into that game thinking they have to play a perfect game and kind of get that, that, that tight booty hole syndrome that you get when you, you get into a big game and you're like, oh, if we make one mistake, we're screwed. Like, no. And, yeah, so that's something, the, one of those intangible things that you can't really measure in that game. But any other thoughts on the Vikings? I'm, I'm actually excited. I was pretty low on them over the summer without having looked at anything or – talk to anyone and then I went to practice I talked to coach Meyer a couple times and it's like wow they're actually going to be pretty decent this year and I was not expecting that I figured they would have had the hardest time to rebuild and they're not even rebuilding I think they got some studs at a lot of key positions all right let's keep going let's talk St. Clair let's move to the gold uh this is uh, really interesting to me um because I think the Saints can get into the playoffs with a losing record this year under the system but what kind of a record are they going to have? What kind of a team is this? One and six last year, but let's face it, in week one they got slaughtered with injuries. Tough to play, especially in last year's setup, a schedule where you don't have all your guns. So were they a six and one team? Probably not. But were they better than one and six if they've got everybody? Probably. Yeah, and the other thing with them is before we get into the schedule, which I think that plays a lot, not knowing what a lot of their teams are, is this is a team that returns a lot. And, I mean, we all saw it. Their offensive line are some big boys. The Ellis's will have room to run. And, Dennis, 
I think uh, the Ellis's might be replacing Lasher as your favorite player um, just because of the way they play <laughs> with that bowling ball, wrecking ball mentality. And they're going to have room to run and time to throw. And the question is, can they do that? And can they do it against a lot of bigger teams? Marine City is the only team they play that is smaller than them. But they have a big offensive line. And I think defensively, they're going to be pretty good once again. Because last year, they didn't give up a ton of points outside of what? East Point and Ortonville, Brandon. Yeah. And, and Roseville, too. So, and those are three really good offenses. St. Clair is a team that, again, the start of the season is going to determine a lot for them because they have a pretty tough first three weeks. I'm telling you right now, buy stock in Ethan White. He's getting no love, no respect. I asked. I love him as a hockey player. I just haven't <laughs> seen I'm, enough of him as a football player. I'm not going to tell you <laughs> which coach, but it was one of the rival coaches. I was asking him about Ethan White. And he goes, I don't even know who that is. I don't remember him. I don't I don't know what he looks like. I don't know how he plays. I don't even know what position he plays. I'm like, oh, wow. This kid is one of the toughest kids they have. He's going to play running back and defensive back for them. I think he's going to be a shutdown defensive back. He made this amazing play against Alma in the scrimmage the other day where he just batted the ball away, which looked like a surefire touchdown pass from Brock Congers on Alma. But he also just runs so hard. Like, you pair him with the, uh, the younger Ellis boy, and I think they're going to have a and, – and the Sharky kid. I, uh, I, Sharky kid, I think they're going to have a really strong backfield. And that – Mike Legros is going to text me, and he's going to be mad at me. But I think they got the best offensive line <laughs> in the area. I know Croslex has a bunch of big dudes too and some really talented kids, but you don't have Maddox Moselle. Maddox Moselle was number three on my preseason top 25 of the best players in the area, and I think he's probably too low. He might be the best player. He might be better than Jake and Charles. You, you guys need to see this kid play. He's the strongest hitter I've seen probably 10, 12 years of me doing this. Like, he's not a Division One football player, but he's got the heart of an NF, NFL player. It, mm -hmm. It's crazy watching. He just punishes kids. I wrote about their Oklahoma drill in the paper a week or two ago. Um... He just manhandled Case Peterson and Kai Pennywell and um, uh, Jack Dolan, three very large human beings. Didn't stand a lot of a chance which are going to be next to him on the offensive line, yeah. by the way. And they're really high on Pennywell. They love and, him. He's high and on Dolan. all four of them. Yeah. Yeah. Dol like, Dolan's, they said, is one of the hardest workers they have in that program. And uh, they did that survival survival circle drill. Him and Maddox, they started off, and Maddox just leveled them. Dolan rolls over and he just start, lets out a very audible curse word and it was disgusted with himself. He couldn't believe it. Like maybe he thought he was going to lose. He didn't know he was going to get leveled. Mm -hmm. Maddox just sets the tone. What a stud this kid is. I'm, I'm telling you guys, he's going to be a difference maker this year. So we know the holes are going to open up and the Ellis's, they run hard, but they're more of power backs. There's at least not that I've seen, they might not have that straightaway burner that you've seen going back the last 10 years when you talk about like a Gleason or the Meldrums or, or, or Mon or players like that yeah. that are just going to track, be a track star and outrace everyone. Or are you going to tell me that White is that guy? No, White's a power back. He, he reminds me of um, – uh, it's hard – it's hard. He's got speed. He kind of reminds me of Luke Vanderfeist, uh, but not as fast. But r same running style, um, if anyone remembers him from 2019. 
Um, at pH. Yeah, at pH. The other, the other thing I want to point out about dialysis is you had um, Luke on here, and he's, you know, he's just joking around and yeah. happy-go-lucky, and he kind of dropped like, oh, I can throw the ball too. That kid can throw the ball too. <laughs> that I did not think – obviously probably his baseball background helps with that, but I – he was throwing 60-yard darts on the money. He's got a cannon. Right. He Do they have guys, though, that are going to run under it and catch it? Yeah, well, I just wrote an article about one of them. Um, I just uh, – Luke Luke Ellis just he, he's got a big butt and he's muscular, but he doesn't really look like much. He does not look like an athlete. He does not look like Demarco Singleton. Let's just put it that way. Demarco Singleton gets on the bus and everyone's head turns. You know what I mean? He just looks like he lives in a weight room. Luke Ellis, very strong dude, just underwhelming. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. Well, and, and their defense too is something you need to talk about. Here are the point totals they gave up: forty-two to East Point, who put up forty-two on everyone except for like Roseville and King. Seventeen to Gross Point North, seven to Cousineau, twenty-five to Tower, then sixty to Roseville, who they put up big points on everyone. And 30 to Marysville, that was their regular season. Their defense stood tall, especially when they weren't playing some really good teams. Because you look at half their, 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 their regular season, which three games, East Point, Roseville, and Marysville, those are tough games. And the ones that weren't, their defense held up pretty well. And part of the reason why I think like they gave up 30 to Marysville and 25 to Tower is a lot of the times the offense didn't hold on to the ball for a long time, so the defense would get gassed. This year, I'm, I'm assuming the defense is still going to be pretty decent, but this might be a team that it's a race to 21 every single night. I think the, maybe the biggest downside is they're going to have a lot of two-way players, not out of necessity just because I think Bishop wants to get his best athletes on there. And I'm not saying like Case Peterson's going to play every down at defensive tackle, but he's definitely going to be playing there. Mm. He's too big of a run stopper not to have guys like that. And like Maddox is going to play both ways. And like Bishop thinks he's a better defensive lineman than he is offensive lineman, and that says a lot. Um, I think their strength is obviously going to be along the line, and I think the linebackers are going to have a lot of clean shots and pathways to the ball carriers. And the defensive backs are studs. I honestly think so. I, it's just the problem is they're going to be playing on both sides of the ball. Well, to me, when I'm looking at their schedule here, weeks four through seven, that's where they've got to make hay. Yeah, the, 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 Those are where there are games there where every week they can actually walk in and go, we're the favorite and we should win this football game. Yeah, let's go through their schedule because the Saints have a tricky one. And without my opinion of St. Clair changing, like I, have a, I think I have a decent idea what they will be. I still don't know if they're going to win like three or four games or six or seven. So they open against Marine City. Technically, that's a road game, so that's good for them because they get an extra home game somewhere else. That place is going to be a zoo. And if there is going to be one big advantage, and you kind of hinted at this earlier, that offensive line of, of St. Clair is probably going to have a decided advantage against the defensive line of Marine City. Well, pick any two guys on that offensive line, and they weigh as much as Marine City's entire defensive line. Yeah, so that, that's going to be the big one early. Obviously, rivalry game, throw the records out. Then they are home against Lakeshore. That's a game if they want to be a playoff team, they win. I, they should be better than Lakeshore. 
at Roseville is going to be tough. They could be a good football team and start the season one and two. It seems like Roseville, every week you see a different kid getting a D1 offer. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they have some dudes down at Roseville. And having to go down there, not going to be easy. Then they're home against East Point. And I know what East Point was last year, but from what I'm hearing and what I kind of figured with a new coach and everything, uh, yeah, I don't I th- expect like every other East Point team ever and not last year's East Point. I don't even know if that game's being played. Yeah. I've uh, talked to a couple of coaches who got East Point on the schedule, and they're already looking for alternative opponents in case they drop football. So, yeah, do with that what you will. At Gross Point North, that's a program that's been down, but you have to go to there. That's a tough game. Home against Warren Cousineau, that should be a win. And then a Saturday game at Warren Woods Tower. Again, that's going to be one that's going to decide might be the, the playoff or not playoff game. Yeah, Finish out the Woods year. Woods Tower's got two kids with D1 offers, including one that's going to go play in the Big Ten. So, Going to be a tough one. I believe that's going to be their homecoming, too, because doesn't Tower always play homecoming on Saturday? I thought, I thought that's what they did. Home against Lakeview um, and then at Marysville. Again, St. Clair, because of their schedule, there is a very real reality where they go 3-6 and six and make the playoffs. Because of how it's set up. Now, I'm sure Coach Bishop and every St. Clair Saint out there is going, no, no, let's go win five, six, seven games and get in there and, you know, like host a playoff game. But they're playing everyone bigger than them except for Marine City. And Marine City, you know, is going to give them a lot of those bonus points with the wins. What do you make of this schedule and this, and this goal that – Really, you just don't know what you're going to get from it. I think, the like you guys said, first to 21 points, maybe 28 points. I just think they need to run the ball and kill a clock. And when you get tackled, take your time handing the ball to the ref so it doesn't get set and literally just churn out eight-minute drives. And I think that's a recipe for success because that defense is going to get exhausted being barreled over by Case Peterson and Jack Dolan and Maddox Moselle and Kai Pennywell every down. You're going to have to win smash mouth football. Um, I think they got four wins on their schedule. I think they could win six or seven. I just think there's a couple of coin flips there. It's like week one, I honestly think is – I know Marine City should be the favorite, but I think it's a coin flip because it's a rivalry game. It's at a shared stadium, and I think you don't – like you guys have been talking about it, like it's the first game back with with a crowd. Like you don't know what a 14-year-old, 15-year-old kid's going to react you know, to that environment, you know, they might have all this adrenaline rush and just be completely exhausted by the second quarter because they're hyped for it all day, you know, whereas St. Clair's senior led, these are guys who have been there before. These are guys who got their butts kicked last year and want to prove something. These are guys who read the newspaper and are pissed <laughs> off about it. <laughs> Dennis, what, I mean, we, this is probably a team that we have debated about and gone back and forth with all summer. You've seen it. You have as much information as you can have before a season. What do you make of St. Clair? Well, I, what I make of St. Clair is they're either – like there's, there's no in-between for me with St. Clair. They're either going to get it done or they're not going to get it done. Um, where I think is what Brandon said, you, you got to long drives, pound the rock. Um, the, the whole thing that, that Coach Bishop preached the day we were there, physical, physical, physical. He wants his team to be tough. He wants his team to play tough. 
uh, and not just with their, with their bodies but with their minds. He wants them to think they're tough and to play tough, and it's tough, 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 tough. Well, that can work for you, and that can work against you. As the season wears on, you might wear down a little bit. So we'll see how that works out. But I think the, the Saints are either going to be really good or they're not going to be. See, here's what I see. I see two games that right now, not knowing a lot, I should pencil in as wins. Lakeshore and Cousineau. And there's two games that I think they're probably the decided underdog. Marine City week one and you have Roseville week three. Those are going to be two tough games. And if they can win even one of those, uh, I'm going to be buying into Saints stock big. But it's what those other five games are going to be. Can you be – well, I guess East Point now should be, a, uh, should be a win. So, I mean, do what you want with that. But what those other five games will be – I, like you said, Dennis, I think they're either like 4-1 and one in those other games or 1-4. and four. Well, I, I think it is possible that through seven weeks they're a 5-2 and two football team, and then they have to play Lakeview and Marysville to close out the year. But five wins, I think, five would wins almost gets guarantee. Five wins them in the playoffs. Like almost slam dunk. Four and five is a pretty decent shot at getting into the playoffs for them. All right, anything else on the St. Clair Saints? I don't think they'd want to go to the playoffs with four wins. I think this is a team that's got a lot to prove. And oh, I wouldn't be shocked no. if they win one of those games either week one or three. I know Roseville is a tall task, but those if you told both, me right now, I would not be surprised if they won. Those are both going to be tough. It's it, Again, it's going to be the biggest question mark is, yes, the line play might be a slight edge to St. Clair, but especially in week one and week three, the speed factor might kill them. If they can – if they can get them to play kind of the, the trestle ball, four yards, cloud of dust type stuff, mm-hmm. maybe they have a chance. All right, let's go to the Port Heon Area School District. We'll start with the south side, the Big Reds. Uh, they lose one of their best senior classes that that school's ever seen. Uh, coming off a, a, a just an unbelievable year. They uh, have to replace a lot, but I know all three of us here, are big Amari Holler fans. I know we're all big, big Gabe Mose fans. Uh, guys like Jaden Ashford are going to be back. Nate Oriole. There's a lot of guys that we like on this team. I think the big question with the Big Reds is going to be depth. Yeah, they have like 15 studs. Like, the, I am so excited to watch these guys. I'm going there on Thursday uh, to Stony Creek just because I want to see it. I'm going to learn a lot about them week one. Like, are you guys legit? Because you've been talking about it. You're, you're replacing all, you know, that talented Mullins uh, season that they just had uh, with new guys who all have a chip on their shoulder. Like, Jaden Ashford is, like, taking this quite seriously. It's his mm-hmm. turn. It's his class's turn. There's not, they don't want to step back. They want to step forward. Um, so I'm super excited to see who those guys are because we know, we know who the household names are. Amari Holler just turned 15 a couple of months ago, and he looks like a freshman in college. He is a dude. Gabe Mo- Garble J. Mose <laughs> is a stud <laughs> at running back. They have Nash Phillips, uh, Aaron Smith, Gavin DeLong, all, these, it, all these studs it, it, guys it, on the line. They're huge. Aaron Smith is a big boy. Huge boy. They got Luke Allen and Gavin Troy on defense. Uh, they got a bunch of studs on defense. It's just – Who's going to be like Amari Holler last year? 
Right. Who's going to be that guy who's going to win a job and run with it? You know, Amari Holler, uh, I don't know if they penciled in when he was in eighth grade, oh, he's going to be our starting defensive back, and he's going to do it at an all-conference level. Right. But that's what they need. They need guys like that. So who's going to be those – like Jay Nashford, you kind of sat and, and waited in the wings, but you knew he was talented. Like who's that Jay Nashford this season? Right. Who is that guy? And, and a couple of the other things about that is who's going to be playing both ways? Are you going to see Amari Holler lining back up at safety again? Because he was a big part. He can take away a third of that field – maybe more every time he drops back in zone coverage back there. Yeah, so I there are going to have some two-way players. Like Gavin Troy is going to play running back and linebacker, and Nash Phillips is going to play defensive end and right tackle. Um, Blinken, off the top of my head, there's going to be a couple more guys. Some of the lines going to be playing both ways. Yeah, they're going to have to. Um, I think you got to pick your spots with Amari. Like I there, wouldn't there's ever a time, line him up at There's safety. a time and a place where you might need him back there, though, for a, even if it's just a play at the end of a game. See, like, I don't hate it. Okay, two-minute drill. Well, that's of, what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking of the Northern Lance Cruz game last year, you know, where it was kind of decided on that sack Hail Mary play. Like, I would put him out there because he's your best – he's a center yeah. fielder, right? You'd want him – I would not put out him out there snap number one against Stony Creek at safety. No, but again, end of a half, hey, they have the ball on their own 40 with 58 seconds to go. Yeah, let Amari Holler go out there. Or, hey, maybe – even in a big game in the fourth quarter, you want to get him out there? Okay. I, I would hesitate, but I wouldn't hate it if, like, just once every, like, three drives, they just gave him a few snaps just so in case he does need to go in in a big spot. It's not his first rep of the day. But that's where you got to be careful using some, some two-way players because for as big of a school as PH is, they don't have the quantity – that some of the other schools have. Not like they did last year. Right? No. Last year they were 25, 30 deep. Yeah. I, I know that injury is part of sports, but I just feel robbed every year with the Big Reds. Last year they went 8-1 and one and Noah Kindle missed how many games? Yeah. yeah like how many games? Five. And, and here this year I was really excited about Ian Mitchell. Really excited about Ian Mitchell, and now I'm not going to get to see him play. He's kind of like Evan Woodard too. He kicks. Yeah. Played defense. Could have played tight and end. And you, you couldn't ask someone to fill in for Noah Kindle. That's why we were excited like Ian Mitchell did. And he is kicking the ball at a collegiate level. He's putting them out the back of the end zone. Yeah. Well, it's like um, what, was Lance Cruz game the first one without Noah Kindle last no, year? No, it was the, uh, after the, the Lakeshore. No, Lakeshore is where he got Oh, Lakeshore was the game he so got it, it was Lakeshore. Yeah, game. so it would have been, let me pull this up. Real quick, where exactly um, the first game without him would have been because he got hurt in week three against Lakeshore. So Northern was the first full game without. Uh, yeah, I just Noah know Kindle. like Ian kind of had like a, a half of getting his feet wet and being a more prominent person, and then he just took off and ran with it the rest of the season. Yeah. So he real. I mean, I guess Noah really only missed like two and a half, three. Did he play against Lakeshore in the playoffs? Do you remember? Uh, so they, he didn't miss yeah, a Yeah, because that's the game he had the, the pick. In was, the that Erlon, was it that or Lance Cruz? Anyway, it doesn't matter. No, um, Lance, Lance Cruz. He didn't yeah. play against Lakeshore. He played so against he missed Lance like Cruz. Three and he some had games. Speaking of which, did you guys see that video, uh, Grand Valley's players walking out on the field this weekend? Did you see Noah in that video? Did not. What a large human being. <laughs> 
He's going to yeah. be very successful in college if he's going in there looking like that. Like, he looks bigger than he did last year, and that was a big child. <laughs> he was very <laughs> large. Well, here's what I like about these guys. Like, Noah is a smart kid and, and like, very well-mannered. I talked to Amari during victory day, and just to listen to the young man talk, he is, he's got it together. He's a leader. Yeah, he's 15. And at 15, he's an amazing athlete, but he's got a head on his shoulders. Yeah. I guess and that, that kind of leads into the There's one, a one like question mark I have. I, I think the biggest knock on PH would be sometimes they are a bit undisciplined. Penalties hurt them. Um, this year, when they get into a tough situation, because, again, look at their scores last year. There was only one game they had to fight in. They, they won 51-12, 28-9, 28-14. That game was 28 nothing until like five minutes to go. Is that Lakeshore? Yeah. 20-7, yeah. okay. Northern was a close game because it was really 14-7. Yeah, Myrie had the pick. Yeah, yeah but that's no a rivalry left. game. That doesn't right. – Roseville was the one real gut check time. They're down 14 nothing before everyone's in their seats. That was the one. And then 49-13, 30-6 – and then they lost 36 to nothing. What's going to happen when this young team gets into a battle in the third quarter or maybe like a Roseville gets kind of blitzkrieged at the beginning and is down 14 nothing with seven minutes to go in the first quarter? How are they going to react and who's going to be that voice this year that's calm down, we're fine, play our game, let's get this? On defense, it's Joe Mayuri. That guy, he's got a strong head on his shoulders. And I was talking to him over the summertime, and he said, I've been waiting my whole life to be the starting like, captain linebacker on this defense, and it's finally my turn. So it's definitely going to be him. Pick your poison on offense. They got uh, Jaden Ashford's a leader. He's one of the smallest guys out there. He's a leader. Amari Holler's a leader. You know, Nash Phillips is a, is a leader. They, and Gabe Mose. I mean, everyone respects him. I, I think uh, I don't think they're going to have that problem as far, you know, because you're talking in regards of they don't but, have Jay Smolens, they well, don't have and, Noah and, and they know. haven't been in a ton of situations like last year when these when these guys played. Most of the time they were steamrolling. Mm -hmm. They only had that one big gut check, and we do know Gabe Moe stepped up. He was one of the big reasons why they beat Roseville. But I'm saying like for a lot of the sophomores and the guys that haven't played. How are they going to react when, because we'll get into their schedule in a second, when they're in a dogfight in the third quarter and maybe they, something goes wrong or they get a bad call? That's going to be one thing I, I'm curious to see how they react. Um, like Perkins said, they got a, a short-term memory. They did five seven-on-sevens, and he said that went so well that day one of practice was actually felt like day six. Like they have felt like they had already had a week of practice off of those seven on sevens because these kids have short term memory. Whereas, like Gavin Troy, for example, would make several mistakes, I guess, over the summer. I didn't go to any of them, but this is what they told me. He made several mistakes, but he made them once. He learned from it and he forgot about it. You know, give up a touchdown. You don't give it up the second second time just like that. And I kind of think that this team is too young to realize that they're not supposed to be doing this. Like, they're too confident. I, I don't think that's going to be a problem. I don't th I don't think Roseville's going to punch them in the mouth and, the mouth and they're just going to roll over and die, if that's what we're talking about here. I just, I just think you got a bunch of hungry guys who sat behind college football players last year who, while they support their teammates, they wanted to be those guys. Joe Myeri wanted to be that guy. And he 
you know, he played last year and he made some plays, but he wasn't Caleb Collier. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I just think these guys are too confident to just roll over. You know, I think I think they're going to be strong in that asset aspect. I'm, I'm just looking at this schedule, Brady. I yeah, you want? I you, I see five six wins. You want to go through this? All right, week one is going to be a tough one at Stony Creek. Uh, that's Thursday night. That's going to be a, a big litmus test. Um, early Perkins on. Perkins wants it that way. He wants yeah. them to be battle-tested well, so I they mean, don't get rolled by Warren j- j- just, j- just go yeah. and look at their, their opening games for the last 15 years. They've never backed down from that. So yeah. PH opens at Stony Creek, brings in Warren Woods Tower, and then the MAC Blue starts. And the MAC Blue is a very interesting divi- in the division of the MAC. At Sterling Heights, at Frazier, mm-hmm. home against Lance Cruz, home against Lakeshore, then the Crosstown Showdown against Northern, home against Roseville, and a Saturday game at the, the land of Dennis Stuckey, Bishop Foley, where they take on Warren Michigan Collegiate. Who All they will tell me is that's a good program. They don't care that it's a smaller school. They say that's a good program. That's a good game to play before playoffs. Which, by the way, uh, week nine should just be poured here on Marysville again. Let's get this over with. Anyway... Uh, moving back on to, to the schedule, uh, yeah, the start in the honestly, their toughest games might not be in the MAC Blue rivalry game withholding. I mean, Sterling Heights is going to be bad, and Lance Cruz lost their quarterback, and they were just a middle of the road team last year. And they lost their college se- to, to Dakota. To, yeah, yeah. Nixon transferred to Dakota. He just committed to Akron, so good for him. Because I'm from Harrison Township, so it's good to see. Locals do that. Um, honestly, you want to know a game? It's gonna one of these years. It's gonna be a good game, but I don't know if it's this year. But it's gonna be soon. Frazier's gonna be a power. I've heard, and the reason I say this is because everyone I talk to keeps pulling their kids out of their schools, whether it's Utica or uh, Roseville or Woods Tower or Mott, and they're sending their kids to Frazier. Frazier is They're just, a D one school now. Frazier is growing in such big size that it's not going to be surprising if they're as big as Chippewa Valley or Dakota in ten years. Um, look, just look what you know depth of, of student body does for those two schools. You know what I mean? I think if Frazier, I don't know anything about their coach. I don't know anything about the staff. But if they ever get like a Scott Merchant coach in there one day, I think that is going to be a sleeping. I think Frazier is a sleeping giant. I don't know if it's this year that things turn on for them but well, they they were one of those teams too they they were horrible to start the season last year and then they kind of figured it out and they actually were playing good football yeah. towards the end of the year last year frazier they weren't ready they, for they were one. not ready to I play mean, ph anyone will say that they beat lakeshore by two scores they beat sterling heights they lose to Lance cruz by a point a seven to six ball game that set football back 15 years they beat northern in overtime that was they, a close game though yeah and then they beat royal oak then they got kind of handled by Lance Cruz in the playoffs. But you're right. After that first debacle, they were two points away from running the table after that. And that 7-6 game, that was the night that we had all the bad weather. Yeah, that was uh, the Mud Bowl night. Yeah. yeah. So I, you look at PH's schedule. Like they could go undefeated in the MAC Blue and be 6-3. and three. They might have one of those weird PH years where they're on the precipice of playoff of making the playoffs, 
But they win their division. I mean, what, twice you can remember? They won the Mac White, I think, but didn't make the playoffs? They should win the division. I would say they're the favorite. I mean, just because you don't know what Northern's bringing back. We'll talk about them here in a moment. But the rest of it, you're not quite sure. I mean, we're asking Frazier to make a big jump from last year, which can be done. East Point did it last year. Yeah, but, well. And Frazier's not getting their kids in the same way. But yeah, good class came through East Point, right? Yeah. But <laughs> I, Sterling Heights is awful, and Lance Cruz is going to be down. Lakeshore's in the division, right? Yeah, Lakeshore. Yeah, Lake so, yeah. and, and the other good news is you don't have to worry about a lot of the playoff shenanigans. Michigan Collegiate's the biggest one, D6, but if they win six games, they should be in the Yeah, playoffs. if they win their division in one of those, one of those games, but they're I, in. So. I, do, like, I don't think this will happen, but it wouldn't shock me if they go undefeated in the MAC Blue, and if Warren Woods Tower is a legit team. They can go 0-4 in the non-conference because they have four really tough opponents. Well, then they're going to want to be big fans of Frazier when they're not playing against them, right? Because Frazier such a big school, so if Frazier can win some games. Yeah, if Frazier can really win their non-conference. Well, that's uh, the you get some help because Collegiate's going to win some football games. So if you beat them, is Collegiate D4? Six. 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 Oh, wow. Which, by the way, Frazier, their non-conference, not as tough. Holly, Cousin Oak, Gross Point North, Royal Oak. Yeah, so they should – You'd hope they'd win those games. Yeah, so um, we love the bonus points here with the new playoff <laughs> system. But uh, anything else to talk about the Big Reds? First year under a new head coach, although it feels a lot like when Letson took over last year. It's just uh, a shifting rather than a whole new regime. Yeah, and as it explained to me, like whenever the team's been down over last year's need just a rah-rah halftime speech, it's always been Perkins to deliver it. So. And, and which is kind of crazy because he's so soft-spoken. When you talk to us, he's just very, very calm and cool. Yeah. And, then, and then we're at the Marysville scrimmage, and you can hear him yeah. up in the booth. <laughs> but, no, I, I, I think they'll be in good hands. Yeah. And they retained a ton of their coaching staff around them. Yep. So, all right. Let's uh, finish up this marathon of a first segment with the last team, or last local team in the MAC, the Port Huron Northern Huskies. They um, obviously lost a really big piece in Isaac Ullenbrook. The good news for them is their sophomore quarterback who had, like Northern had to grind it out in a lot of games last year, is coming back in Dylan Bloink. Uh, they have a, a few other kids they're really excited about. I know you saw them playing a scrimmage uh, last week. What are your guys' thoughts opening up on the Northern Huskies? They got some work to put in. They got some guys are going to have to win some jobs. Somebody's got to be hungry. Somebody's got to want it. They, um, I wouldn't say they got embarrassed on Thursday against Yale, but they definitely did not put their best foot forward um, at times. And there, there's going to be some kids who are probably going to start on that team who aren't the best athletes, but they're just hungry and they want it, and they're going to be more disciplined. And I think. I think really that's going to be the MO of Northern this year is just kind of rebuilding and, and finding those pieces that they can build off of the, uh, the uh, Fletchers of the world, the Bloinks. Um, Isaac Olenbrook is just as bad a loss as losing Singleton and Lee, like for Marysville. But Joel Steinhauer is no slouch. That kid runs angry. He runs hard. Yeah, I don't think be... they're going to lose any games because of his lack of effort. Um, 
I just want to make sure that they can block for him and they can get him those holes so he can make those plays. He made a, a really strong play against Yale where he got to the second level, stiffed arm to DB, and he was gone. So he does have that that second level speed, even though he looks he, you know, he kind of looks like a wrestler if you look at him. And he doesn't wrestle; he's a basketball player. But um, they're definitely going to be hanging their hat on him. And and um, Michael Green on the outside, if Blank can get the ball to him, mm-hmm. is going to be a burner too. One guy on the defense you didn't mention that seems like you can just say, just what year is this quote from? Hey, a Falco is going to be pretty good yeah. on Northern. <laughs> on Northern. Like, yeah, Danny Falco, he's going to be on there defensively, and he seems like a guy that's going to be the le- one of the leaders of that defense. Yeah, but the question is when, because he had the surgery. Right. So yeah. he's not going to be there right at the start. Like, Nor- Northern, for me, I think the strength is defense. I've, I, I think they're, they're kind of – they've always been kind of bend but don't break, and they'll keep the games close. My big questions with Northern is – how much are they going to score? Yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit like St. Clair. I, I, you know, you said you think Marysville and them were similar. I think St. Clair and, and Northern are going to be similar in the fact that they're going to have to keep it low scoring. And I know Larry Rollins does it kind of by design to slow the game down, limit possessions. And if Steinhauer, who's going to be a power back, can give them, you know, Six, seven, eight-minute possessions. They get the ball first. They march down the field. It could be seven nothing. You look up. There's three forty-two left in the first quarter, and you're like, "Geez, they get another. They can do that back-to-back times. You might be in the two-minute drill before you even get your second possession out." Yeah, and Steinhauer's going to have some help. He has two uh, smaller guys behind him that that'll run the ball in Prone and uh, Kerrigan. Um, they're kind of like the Sakuchi brothers, same running style. Um, so I do think they do have change of pace ability. And you know the thing with Larry's offense is always that stupid H back, fullback, uh, just the fullback little flare, like play flare, action, and it, and works. it always works once every a game. time. Like <laughs> once Nick, a game, Nick Bird caught it. Uh, I think Blank <laughs> was even talking about that on your podcast yeah. last week. That Nick Bird caught that that touchdown pass last year. That play is gonna work. Yeah, because I'm looking. I'm looking at the makeup of this team, and like, yeah, it's gonna be. You're gonna really churn out some yards and play some ugly football to win these games. Like, you're you're not like the joke this summer at Marine City was. Uh, should we go five wide? Because right. we have all these studs that re- who could play receiver, and we have a stud quarterback. Blank's not gonna be going five wide this year. Not no. not gonna happen. Well, and no, you might, they and need to make first downs. Yeah, the the offense at Northern needs to make first downs. And you mentioned Bloink; he might be the biggest benefactor of having the full off season and being able to go through an entire camp. Tell you what, you talk to him; he is a confident kid. He is expecting himself and his team to do big things, and he's battle tested. First game on varsity, twenty one fourteen, throws a late touchdown pass against Sterling Heights. Next week, 17-12 against Lance Cruz. Third week. A lot of people forget Lance Cruz yeah. was on the 14-yard line with time running out. And Olenbrook got hurt yeah. that yeah. game, so he had to do it without Olenbrook. Yeah. PH, 20-7. It was 14-7 when there was triple zeros on the clock. Obviously, we mentioned And I'm sorry, earlier. if you can hold the team like 
let's take away that last touchdown. Yeah. Away. If you can hold a team like PH's team last year to that many yeah, points, yeah, your defense you're doing gave a good up job. fourteen. You're doing a good Frazier, job. Frazier, twenty-four, twenty-one, gave up seventeen points in reg or twenty-one points in regulation. Then injuries happen. They lose to Cousino, twenty-four to six. No sugarcoating it. Bad loss. Then Lakeview the next week, same story. same injuries, but that was a team that what split the Mac White with Anchor Bay, seventeen nothing. I don't know. If the defense can even be 80% of what it was last year and, and Bloink takes a step forward and some of these other guys take a step forward, this is a team that, again, in what we think might be a weaker Mac Blue division is going to be a tough team to beat. I mean, on paper, they should be the second-best team going into this season. they got to play like it. They cannot show up how they did against Yale on Thursday because um, they just – you got to want it. You got to be hungry. And I, th- they get on paper. They should be better than Frazier. They're going to be better than Sterling Heights. They they beat Sterling Heights by a touchdown last year. They should beat them by three touchdowns this year. And I remember, they missed talented. Week One. They are coming off of a COVID, COVID like yeah. half lockdown. They didn't get to play Lakeshore. So, Dennis, what, what, what do yeah, you think? Yeah, and uh, they beat Lance Cruz last year. Yeah. And Lance Cruz is probably not as good this year. Um, the 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 Romeo game jumps out at me as that's a tough one. That's to go be, to Romeo. Yeah, you got to so, go there too. That's yeah, the hard all right. Part. You want to go through the the Husky schedule, and but again, for me, it all starts off with Marysville. Yeah, I was just going to say Marysville. the most important game on their schedule is Marysville because how you do in that game is going to set the tone for the rest of the season. So week one, Marysville at home. Again, yes, it's at home, familiar, but you know, crowd wise, going to be a fifty fifty split. Yeah, there'll be a lot of blue and silver in the red section. Yeah, the the yeah the west side is going to be all yellow, and the east side is going to be all blue and silver. Then they go to East Point. Dub. Um, Frazier is at home. Lakeshore is at home. Should be two wins. Ho- you'd hope. You never know. Frazier could be a tough game again last year at Sterling Heights at Lance Cruz. Again, you think right now they're the favorite, but that could flip really quick depending on the week one result. I'm looking at this. Okay, I don't know about the Marysville game, but East Point, Frazier, Lakeshore, Sterling Heights, Lance Cruz, at worst they could be 5-1. and At worst, if they do their job. But we also don't know exactly what Lance Cruz and Frazier are. I think they could get off to a pretty good start. Marysville, like, again – we can't emphasize it enough. The big one. Um, after Lance Cruz, Crosstown Showdown against Port Huron. At Romeo, uh, that's tough. Home against Warren Cousineau. They will get re- if they're healthy, they will get revenge on Cousineau. They <laughs> have a favorable schedule, but we, I think I said this in, in, in the Northern Camp podcast. This team has the biggest uh, vi- uh, variable in it. Um, the, the most volatile. I could see a situation where they go three and six. I could see a situation where they end up seven and two. I need to see what they look like against Marysville. And yeah, if they're going to be a middle of the pack struggling to win blue games, or if they're going to be rolling until they get to maybe PH. I agree. Who wants it? Right. Who's hungry? And want to win these games, go out and win them. And we like, you got you to prove it. Like That's what I think comes down to them. They are talented. Mm-hmm. Do you want to win the games? Same point as PH. We talked to some of them. I think Bloink will be more of a calming presence at QB. Um, I think Falco, when healthy, 
will be a leader defensively. We talked to Troy Daniels, another guy. But who's going to be the guy to step up? I mean, they, they were battle-tested, but they knew they had Isaac Ullenbrook to hand the ball off to him, and Just more times than not, him. yeah, he'll make <laughs> things happen. When you lose that kind of safety net, it, it, who's going to become that, or, or what's their go-to going to be? Because when you have a guy like that and your safety net is, hey, Isaac, what side do you want to run to? Then you have a little bit of uh, uh, something to replace. Yeah. So anything else on the Huskies? No, we're long overdue for a break. We'll talk BWAC yeah. when we come back. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Since 1894, Ameriprise Financial has worked for their clients' futures, helping millions of Americans retire on their terms. Work with Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts, and together you'll develop a customized plan for your retirement. Discover the one-to-one -one relationship you deserve. Call Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union. Real advantages for real people. Not valid on credit card, secure real estate, or commercial loans. Interest accrues at loan disbursement. Estimated 2019 member savings, effective July 1st, 2020. Subject to approval and to change any time. Floor rates and restrictions apply. Equal opportunity lender. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our game. Looking for that perfect first vehicle for your kid's sweet 16? Maybe you just want a quality vehicle at a fair price. 
Whatever your needs are, Jepson Car Company will take care of you. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson has a wide variety of pre-owned vehicles that can fit your budget. With a great selection for first-time car buyers, check out their website at jepsoncarco.com. That's J-E-P-S-O-N-C-A-R-C-O.com. Or give them a call at 810-662-3048 to find the perfect ride. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Magnet International would like to thank the Blue Water area for welcoming us into their community. We are excited to put our roots down in this beautiful, growing area. As the largest auto supplier in North America, we are thrilled to call Blue Water area home and look forward to many, many years in this wonderful community. Our brand new facility is located off of Range Road in St. Clair, Michigan. Magna is a proud sponsor of Blue Water area high school athletics. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, back with uh, Dennis Brady and Mr. Folsom, and it's time to talk the BWAC this time around, uh, guys. And I'll start right at, up at uh, Crosslex because I think that they're the team with the target on their back now, and we'll talk about the Pioneers, and then we'll talk about who are the teams that will challenge them? I mean, what's there to say about Croslex that we haven't said tenfold? You have arguably the most dynamic quarterback in the area. I don't know who I would – I mean, you want to say best. Everyone has their different definition of best. But I would say He's Jake Townsend is the most dynamic. Um, you have the great wall of Croswell in front of him. <laughs> I mean, you saw the size. That is a – College D3-sized offensive line. Now, how well they can block and move. I think they can move pretty well from what I've seen, but we'll, we'll see when, when the lights come on. You know they have Sage Slanik on the outside. That's just their offense. And, they're oh, and we haven't even talked. Right. They'll run the ball down people's throats when they have to. And yeah. we, we don't even talk about their run game. No, and it's because of their offensive line. And you know they're going to be uh, just – just a really good team. Now, I just guess the question is, are they going to be area good or are they going to be state good? We're going to find out week one, huh? Yeah. Against Williamston. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jake is the best quarterback in the area. He's not even close. No one practices like him. No one prepares like him. No one lifts weights like him. He lifts weights twice a day. Tell me another quarterback that has two weightlifting sessions a day and still uh, plays baseball full-time in the summer. Um. Yeah, I every and I don't think I'm talking out of school, so I'm going to name some names here. James Lusby, all months coach, says they're the team to beat. I believe Sean Misko told me that they are the team to beat, and I think all all coaches would agree that they're the team to beat, except for Furman, because Furman would never say such a thing like that. <laughs> that guy's got and there's nothing wrong with that. No, that guy's got confidence pouring out of his ears. And but yeah, it's it's gonna be 
the BWAC runs through Crosslex. Let's call it what it is. Mm-hmm. But the BWAC is one of the weirder conferences where every week there's something that goes goes awry. And and Crosslex might go like six and three and still be a really damn good football team because week one they play Williamson and week nine they play Essexville Garber and if they slip up in the BWAC six and three is a real possibility but I also think there's an even realer possibility you have an undefeated pioneer football team standing after nine weeks of football their district's going to be easier than their non-conference schedule, so that's that's a good sign. Like they they should realistically be in contention for a regional. Yeah, I mean Dennis, you've you've seen everything that's gone on. I mean, I mean Crosslex is this has got to be one of the more loaded pioneer teams you can remember. I mean, last time they went they went nine and zero was twenty twelve. I don't think there's any debate that this is going to be the best team since then. Um, again, like, and I don't want to hype it, but we, we kind of started with basketball early last year. Mm. This is – football is basketball. <laughs> it's kind of the same hype that we're giving it, that this is a really good team, and like you just mentioned, they should get to a regional. Isn't that how we talked about basketball? It's regionals or bust? Uh, I, we were thinking Final Four. Yeah, I, we were home. I was thinking I was quarterfinal was yeah. kind of my big goal. But still, yeah, it's similar hype. Yeah, and the thing that I guess if you want to draw comparisons is the thing about basketball we talked about is they had many ways to beat you. They weren't just, oh, they were a great three-point shooting team. Oh, they have some huge centers, whatever. Football's the same way. If they have to ground and pound and run it 40-some times a game to beat you, they can do that. And they can do it in different ways. They can spread it out. They can bring it in tight, bring a couple tight ends into the game, and just run it down your throat. Or they can get four receivers out wide, have Jake in the shotgun, have them run around and make plays. That's the sign of a team that can, can make a big run is knowing how to change personnel for your opponent. So, yeah, you play North Branch, and they're going to try to just kill the clock, bring it in. Maybe on offense, you air it out a little more. You, you speed up your offense. We talk about LeGros, how he loves 20 seconds uh, a play, like make get the whistle blows 20 seconds later we better be snapping the ball that's the biggest thing about cross lex that i like is their how um versatile they can be offensively uh i think they have the best head coach in the area and that's saying a lot because i respect a lot of guys in our area but this guy, you guys know, he's a football guy, right? Like Barstool Sports would say. He's Big a football, football. He's a football yeah, guy, right? He eats, eats, drinks, and sleeps it. His his adjustments that he can make on a fly, it can change the entire identity uh, of a football game with one just one finger point in a locker room. Like I remember uh, against MLA City last year during the regular season, it was a close game, and he's just he pointed at it and he's like, all right, you're stepping up. It's your turn. And uh, they ended up blowing them out. Um and my and the big thing with uh, like Coach Legros and those adjustments is, is he's not afraid to just point at someone and say, "Hey Jimmy, you're a tight end now. Go catch a touchdown pass for us." And it happens. You know, right. the kids believe in him, um, and I think that's kind of where the, uh, the difference is going to be made this season. With that's the guy he's putting in these kids in the, the position to win. You know, he recognizes, "Oh, they're shutting down our run game. Let's go four wide." Well, the the biggest thing you said there was the kids believe in him. Mm-hmm. The kids have bought in. And again, 
I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but the fact that they've had an entire offseason to put in the offense is huge. Like, I would bet you that he did not have his entire playbook in by the playoffs last year mm-hmm. because he basically showed up and he was halfway through when camp should have been and he went, okay, this is who I have. I have to figure this out. Maybe no, let, let, Let's see. And what uh, did they do last year? They averaged 43 points per game. Right. And their, their only team they lost to was North Branch. Granted, they didn't play anyone outside the BWAC uh, just because of how the schedule worked out. But the kids believe in him. And, yeah, having a full offseason and for them to get so acquainted with the offense and something that's kind of a culture shock to the BWAC, that's the biggest thing is our team's going to be able to keep up with the fast pace of Crosslex. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> not, not after what I saw during my little trip around the Blue Water area. No. I mean, Dennis, you, 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 when you were at practice, you noticed just the, the fast pace of everything and just how smooth it was. Uh, they're big. They're athletic. They're smart. Uh, they're well coached. They're humble. They're humble, yeah. That, that's, that's the other part about it is as much as we hype them, they don't let it go to their heads. Well, cause they know that they're, the Williamston is game one and all, all the hype could get shoved down their throats in the first week of the season. And, and I think that goes to something that, that you see why some schools are just successful a lot. They have a good culture there. I mean, a lot of that, you can credit that to Lance Campbell. I mean, a lot of these kids play multiple sports, and the other sports as well. We just aren't as invested. I mean, baseball, they were a very good team. So they're no stranger to the spotlight. They're no stranger to, to guys like us building them up, building them up, building them up. This, ain't, this is not new territory for them. They know what it's like to have that big target on their back. Their culture isn't a cult either. It's a family, like. 20 years from now, it's not a call. 20, 20 years from now, Mike's going to be at all these guys' weddings. You know what I mean? Like, if some, someone gets arrested, he's going to be the one bailing them out of jail. Like, they love this guy. And, uh, you know, my one of my football coaches was like that, too. Like, I'm not saying we have bad football coaches in our area, but this is a guy who just invests so much into his players beyond just the X's and O's and, and football. And he's at the school and he's opening the weight room up twice a day and he teaches and he helps with the powerlifting program and he doesn't miss a basketball or baseball game. He's on the sidelines cheering on those kids. It's like, how as a kid could you not be invested in him? Plus, he doesn't care what grade you are in. What your report card says, if you're a freshman or a senior, you can win a job in his program. Yeah. Countless times he's spotted freshmen who he thought were going to be on the JV, and he's like, all right, I have a hunch you're going to be good. Nolan Moore last year brought up for the Algonac game as a sophomore. Pick for, six. Pick six, first play of the game. Joey Ransby transfers in from Yale as a freshman. He's going to be a four-year starting offensive lineman for him, and he's going to be a defensive end this year. Um, should be all BWAC, and he's a sophomore. It's just you, you go to Croslex and you think you have a chance. Like, Jack Oliver was nothing for them last year. He's a senior this year. He worked his butt off. He saw the opportunities. He's going to be probably in the starting 11 on defense. Like, And they he, may throw the ball to him, too. He may get reps on offense. He believes in his kids. Not to say that other coaches don't, but it's just it's – a, it's a different feeling when you, f- you look at a depth chart and be, you think what your ceiling is is a backup, but you go to Crosslex and you don't have a ceiling. Your ceiling is 
whatever you want it to be because your coaches believe in you. And it's just, it's just so special there. Yeah, I mean, Dennis, you know, we can go through their schedule, but I don't know who – like. and the thing is, the BWAC, there's a lot of question marks at some other places. Well, here's what I like about week one of the BWAC schedule. Richmond at Emily City, North Branch at Cross Lex. We're going to learn a lot. Two of those teams are going to have a loss. Yeah. yeah. So, obviously, we mentioned Cross Lex opens up at home against Williamston. Uh, they actually open up three straight home games. Home against North Branch, which you, you know that game circled for both teams. The only team that Cross Lex lost to last year. North Branch lost a lot. We'll talk about them in a moment. Uh, then you go. Then they host Yale. That one, Yale might be a program that takes a few years to really find their footing. Um, at Emily City, that can always be a tricky one. Home against Richmond. At Almont. Home against Algonac. At Armada. And then at Essexville Garber. Croslex. If I mean again, I don't know what Williamson is from what I've been. People I've been talking to, Williamston lost a fair amount of seniors. Like last year was their their crescendo year, and now they might have to take a slight step back. But programs like that are still pretty damn good. So I'd say right now they're favored in at least their first eight games, maybe, or at least every BWAC game, and then call coin flips in the non-conference. I just think the Garber game is the only one I'm really worried about. Because I, you know, Garber's got that kid. Uh, yeah, the D line, Michigan State. Yeah, yeah, and his brother played at Michigan for a minute, I think, right? But yeah, they have they have a really yeah. good D lineman. But. but so what? Woods Tower's got two Big Ten kids. They're not going to beat PH, so it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. uh, I think Legros already has a game plan for the Garber kid, anyways. Well, yeah, that's because he's from <laughs> Saginaw. He's got yeah. the scouting report on every team from Saginaw. Yeah, yeah and he's had those scouting mm-hmm. reports for a while. Yeah, he's already been looking at tape all summer, and I think he's already got an idea of how he wants to play I don't that think kid. the BWACs, now that I've seen everybody pretty much, I don't think the BWAC pecking order is what I thought it was anymore. I think it's Croslex and a tier by his own, and then there's a second tier that's way below it. Yeah, I mean, it, it would take a big a big upset, but again, I, I you saw you. Armada almost knock off North Branch last year. I don't think that's going to happen this year. I I think the only team that's even going to give them a game, I don't think that North Branch game is going to be that close. See? If you, See? If I've you been trying play, to tell I you play for Croslex. You can't lose what they lost. And, and I don't know anything about North Branch because they're so far away from us. It's like they're Alaska playing. But you can't lose 3,000 yards rushing and replace that. I no, no, okay, here's the debate. I never say they will. I'm just North Branch because of what they did last year and the program that's been built and, and Furman's track record. I'm going to at least give them the opportunity to show me that they're not as good as they were last year. Jake's going to throw five touchdowns. That kid did not get to play in that game. Oh, he's going to uh, – you know Croslex is going to be – You want to see some revenge game. Is gonna no, be and I'm not saying North Branch is going to be bad. No, I'm, I'm not either. I'm just saying they're not going to be at that level that they well, were last okay. year. When you they s- were an elite team When last you say year. not close, do you mean it's going to be, be double- 28 to 7 or something like that? Okay. Cause I think that's what it's going to be. I don't think – you're not going to see a more motivated team, especially if they're coming off a loss against Williamson. Oh, boy. Yeah, again, I think they are the decided favorites in the BWAC. Um, I think the only team that gives them a challenge is Richmond. Richmond is so good. 
uh, that's the other than um, Marysville looking better than I thought they were. The shock, well, I guess Yale too has shocked me, but shock of the the off season is for sure. Richmond, Richmond is talented. They All right. play well. Well, in the BWAC, where do you guys want to go next? We mentioned North Branch. We mentioned Richmond. Where do you, you want to head to Blue Devil territory? Yeah, I want to hear more about Richmond because they're a yeah. team that I don't know a lot about. And then we'll be there. I'll be there week one on Thursday when they take on Clintondale and they dedicate the field to Coach Coker. Yeah, you got your Coker Strong shirt yeah. on. Um, just studs all over the place. Um you know how Dennis has got his pets that he likes, his Sam Lashers, his <laughs> Ellis boys. Yeah. And I, you know, I've had mine in the past, the Sean Donaldsons of the world. And, oh, yeah. And uh, Ethan White is one of them this year for yeah. St. Clair. My other one is Jackson Jones at Richmond. He was their backup quarterback last year, and he um, he's playing running back now, and he runs so angry. And he's gotten so much bigger, and he's going to be one of the best running backs in the BWAC for sure. I think he's probably going to be the second or third best running back in the BWAC only because um, – the other guys he's going to be going against are going to be like the Christian Rojas of the world. They're going to get the ball 30 times a game. I don't think Jackson's going to need to touch the ball 30 games, uh, 30 times a game because I think they're going to be beating their opponents. Uh, just, just point in a direction. You have a name brand talent at that position. Hudson Davenport, ever heard of him? Yeah, he's <laughs> giant. You should see him play defensive end and tight end. Um, that's yeah, that's going to be a problem. Nimble. Yeah, uh, Blake Esselink off the edge on defense. This guy had like three or four sacks against Hazel Park in Denby the other day. He just has high motor. Um, there are two linebackers, Wesley Peters and Kevin McKeeran, both entered the season with 300 career tackles. They entered the season with 300 career That's tackles. That's a ridiculous number of tackles. Yeah. When you have studs like that, like uh, Kevin is a McKiernan. His brother is Division One wrestlers. You know, he's a stud. He's athletic. Um, they just have so much name talent and recognition and, and watching them. They just – they looked really bad against Hazel Park on their first drive. And I asked Sean Misko, their new coach, I was like, what is that all about? He goes, ah, we know we can run inside on them. We just want to see what the passing game looked like. They they enforced their will against Denby, which is a perennial power in, mm -hmm. in Division Five, which is the division they play in. Um, they made Hazel Park look terrible on offense. Hazel Park went five wide, and it was just sack city. Just so many sack dances. Right. These guys get so excited for each other. It's just a, such a, it's a new identity there. Even though most of the coaching staff are holdovers from Coker, um, like I asked Misko, like, what's the identity of the team going to be? He's like, we're going to run 80% of the time, but even then, we're still going to run more. That's a direct <laughs> quote. Um, so, so with Richmond last year, I don't want to put too much stock because here are the records excluding 2020 over the past, let's just say, five seasons. Eight and two, six and four, seven and three, eight and two, and then 10 and two, 10 and two, nine and two, seven and four. You have to go back to 2011 before they've had a losing season excluding last year. And I think you can exclude last year with all the emotional stuff you have to go through. Like Everyone I talked to COVID. said Coker weighed a, a mountain of uh, weight on their shoulders all season. Yeah, and, and that's that's one, one kid told me I won't say who it is. I don't even think I interviewed him on record just talking. One kid said, like, the hardest part was he'd get out of the hospital and then he'd be coaching that week and then he'd just disappear because he went back in the hospital and now it's, a, it's Misko as the interim. Right. And it's, like, it's the same, you know, it's tunnel vision, the same goals and everything, but it's still a different voice and you're kind of steering in a different direction just a little bit and it threw, threw all the kids oh, off. Oh, that and just – 
not knowing if your coach not is only going to be there, but is going to be alive next week. Yeah. That's an impossible task to ask anyone to do, let alone a, b- a bunch of 15 and 16 and 17 year olds. Yeah. Impossible task. Clintondale in week one going into Richmond and making that a ball game. Oh, Clinton! Like I, that's going to be an emotional game, though, because Coker worked at Clintondale. It, it that's w- why that this game's right. happening. But Clintondale could roll up, and they could sign all the people that the Lions cut this week, and I would still take Richmond. There, I do not see a situation where Richmond loses Week One. Like that is the the field dedication, everything. Richmond's going to be charged up, and. I don't want last season to bog down what Richmond Blue Devil football has been. It has been not only a winning program, but one that is never worse than, what, third in the BWAC on any given season? Yeah, they're, they're going to be the second-best team. I don't think they're there to catch Crosslex. But if Crosslex can't sustain what it's doing right now, say five years from now, mm-hmm. I would not be shocked if Richmond is the king of the conference for the rest of the way. So – Yes, I'm very high on them, and you guys know I was high on them last year during the playoffs. Hey, I, t- I took your advice, and they, and, uh, they just canned Lutheran they, North. The only question mark they have right now truly is um, quarterback. They're either going to play – they're probably going to play both of these guys, but their options – I wouldn't call them options. They're talented players, but they have, they're not battle-tested. They haven't you know, played in a game. Freshman, Anthony Benetti, sophomore Jake Morgan. That's rough. That is tough, but you have a running back to hand it off to. Makes it a lot easier. You got a couple of them actually. You got yeah. yeah, Jackson Jones. He's he's one of my pets that, that I love. You know those <laughs> those guys. You just kind of you, you're Sam Lasher. Yeah, the only sport I've seen him in is baseball, and I love him in baseball. Yeah, just like how you got excited anytime Sam Lasher got a foul like that. <laughs> Jackson Jones is that way for you, me. Just you gotta have play. those guys. Yeah. That, so, that's what this guy's like for me. But he's going to have Danny Seligan with him, so it's going to be a little thunder and lightning. Danny Seligan's going to be – Yeah. He's got oh, a ton yeah. of speed. So, um, so yeah, Richmond's schedule, home against Clintondale, Blue Devils by 1,000. Win. At MLA City, that's a tough one playing by the Pickle Factory. and That's a win. At the beginning of the uh, summer, I would have thought it was a coin flip, but that's a win. That's tough. Home against Algonac, at Armada, at Croslex, home against Yale, home against North Branch, home against Almont, and at Parma Western. Tell me if you've ever called a game with Parma Western in it. No. I've like, written some Paloma stories. Westphalia, but not Parma Western. Yeah, they're in the Jackson area when I worked for m I used to cover Parma. Um, yeah, so and don't they don't know call how- <laughs> they don't call them Parma. They don't. They just say I go to Western High School. Yeah, I, I'm just reading it off the MHSAA site. Or, or, or if you want to go to the other side, Jackson County Western. Um, either way, don't know how that game got on the schedule, but it's on there. And I guess it really depends what a lot of the other BWAC is to see what Richmond ends up being, really. Should be seven-win team. Yeah, by the way, Parma Western Division Three school, so that's nice for the Blue Devils. Um, all right, where else? Spin the BWAC uh, roulette table. Where do you want to go to next? Um. Let, let, let's let, let's go Armada next because right. I hear hype out of Armada every year, and some years they start out three, four, and one, and then it tapers off. Yeah, I uh, I don't know anything about them. Their coach won't return my calls or my texts. So, uh, I wanna I wanna go out there. I just 
they had a lot of studs last year, and I was at that Richmond game where they got the game-winning field goal mm-hmm. to beat Richmond for, like, the first time in, like, 10 or 12 years. Um, a couple of those guys returned, but obviously, like, their best players were their basketball players and their cross-country players from last year. That, that senior class that yeah. graduated last year, so they lose all those guys. And those guys played, you know, just key positions. Um, my my biggest thing with Armada is just, like, how how do you – how do you reload after losing such a senior class? And then this is, I think, their coach's second year there. He's a younger guy, and he's trying to establish a culture. And I heard at times, like, uh, it was kind of rocky transition last year. Well, they, they, again, started off pretty hot last year. Beat Richmond, beat Yale, lost a one-point game to MLA City. And actually, that Yale game was the last game they won on the field because their third win was a forfeit win over Country Day. Lost 40-7 to to Cross-Lex. Lost 28-21 to North Branch, which gave North Branch some fits. It was that rainy, crappy mm-hmm. weather day. And then 27-14 loss in the playoffs to Goodrich. Uh, the Armada Tigers, they open up at Clawson, which is a game you'd hope they win. If they struggle in that one, might be a long season for the Tigers. Clawson's got a new coaching staff because Jim Sparks just left after like 15, 20 years at Clawson to take the job at Novi, so it's going to be a whole new program there. Yeah, y- even though it's on the road, you hope Armada can win that game at Algonac. So there's a chance Armada starts off 2-0, and a very good chance. And then at North Branch, I know North Branch won't be what they were last year, but you still think that that's in favor of the Broncos. Home against Richmond at Yale. Home against Emily City at Almont. Home against Croslex. Home against Flint, Flint Kearsley. And this is an Armada team looking to win six games or more for the first time since 2004. There's, I got, I would say probably four tiers of the BOX. So Croslex is its own spot. Then it's a jump right. down. There's a tier two. I got Armada in tier three. And tier and tier two is basically North North Branch of Richmond. Tier three is what is all my MLA City and Armada gonna do mm-hmm. to sort that out? They're all have their strengths and weaknesses that are gonna determine a lot of games, right? They're all not as deep as Croslex is and Richmond is. Um so I really think this could be a playoff team. Um they're definitely talented. Um, but are you better than MLA City? Are you better than Almond? Like, that's the that's what I want to see out of them. Right. Well, let's go. Dennis, do you have any other thoughts on our main? No, no I just um, – I know you've seen Almont. Yeah, that was surprising. I knew – I wouldn't say they're going to be down because Almont's – Almont's like Marysville. Like, they're going to run the same stuff 20 years from now that they're running now, right? So it's just putting new names into spots that these kids already know. But – they kind of struggled in the scrimmage. So they were at Fitzgerald with St. Uh, Clair and Millington and um, – what was the other team there? Oh, Fitzgerald. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they struggled. They really did. Um, but they have some studs. Like Mason Smith at the beginning of the summer I thought was going to be the best running back in the BWAC. Yeah. He's a thousand, he was a thousand-yard rusher as a sophomore – and he played in the same backfield as Jack Palpert and Michael Lugerai. Um, two, two talented players. 
one of them went to Michigan Tech, is playing for Michigan Tech. Um, so, and then the other guy I really like uh, for Almont is Brandon Hunsacker, who's their, their starting linebacker. Um, and him and Smith were on the Ford Field teams. They're the only, one, only players left who went to Ford Field when they lost to Lansing Catholic in the state finals. Um, so I thought like that alone just uh, and what they are as a program that should be enough but man they still have some things to sort out like their quarterback strong Brock Congers he's a second year starter um, and he should be good it's just uh, for whatever reason they were not clicking on well Thursday. again oh I know you're talking about the the scrimmage scrimmages can be good and bad to look at because it's one it's one sample size and you know I'm sure the playbook you could write it down on your forearm what they're going to run. It's going to be three plays. Defenses are going to be vanilla. But Almont, this is kind of – so since Furman left there, this is kind of the first time that it's that new crop of kids coming through. And the, the big question last year, was that – how much was it COVID-related? And how much of it was that they're just finally regressing to the mean? Well, it wasn't even just COVID, too. They had injuries. They had players who missed. Uh, at one point, I think they had 14 kids who were available. Jeez. I, I know they're Division Six, but that's a that's a football town. Like, mm-hmm. 30 kids minimum is expected when you when you play for a school like Almont that's so invested in football. I, I don't think there's such a thing as regression in the mean because I just think, like, their system is their team, right? Like, Marysville – do you ever say they regress towards the mean? I mean, I mean, yeah, they've had some years where they have been. It never down. lasts long, though. No, it never it, lasts more than a year. That's what I'm saying. Like Alma, it would not surprise me if they win five or six games this year, but they definitely aren't. You know, the Alma of 2019, well, it, it, and it's going to be tough because their non-conference is not forgiving. They open with St. Mary's Catholic, uh, Monroe, St. Mary's Catholic, which is a generally a really good team. Yeah, Yale is their next game, and they have the first two games, by the way, on the road. At Monroe St. Mary, at Yale. Home against Emily City, at Algonac, at North Branch, home against Croslex, home against Armada, at Richmond, home against Goodrich. You're going to find out how good Almont really is by week three. By the end of week three, I think you'll have an idea. Is this an Almont team making a deep playoff run, or is this an Almont team that is fighting for a playoff spot? I mean... I think they can beat Imlay City. I think they can beat Armada. I think they will beat Algonac. I think they will beat Yale. So there's four wins right there. Can oh. you find two more? That exactly might... that, and that's that's the shame because like the, the good news is for them they're D six and they're playing a lot of fours and fives. Yeah, James Lusby's a really good coach though, so I'm not going to put anything past him. Maybe Thursday was just an anomaly. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they won six games, you know, and then it finished as the second-best team in the conference. Almont's uh, another team, like I said, with North Branch. I'm not. I'm going to give them a little bit of a pass, and at least to start the year, I'm going to assume they're going to be pretty decent until they prove me otherwise. Well, maybe by week five I'll have an idea who's better, Almont or North Branch, when they get ready to play that game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But right now – I have no idea. All right, let's finally talk about the Broncos for for a bit. Um, they lost uh, 10 million miles of offense from last year with Dushetsky and uh, Martin. Uh, Martin and, uh, the other yeah. running back had over 1,000 yards, and I can't yeah. remember his name right now. Yeah, they're coming off a year where they absolutely just steamrolled everyone um, 
their defense never gave up more than 28 points until their last game against Detroit Country Day. It's going to be a step back. The question is, is it just a little step back or are they falling back for a bit and having to rebuild instead of reload as we've liked to put it so far? I don't cover them. I want to preface that. But I do know a lot about them because they're in our conference. Just from proxy. But, like, even when I was at MLive, historically, North Branch has always played below where they probably should be at, right? Like, that's Mm -hmm. kind of the thing with them is they've never really lived up to the potential that that school could have. Um, With that being said, Furman is kind of crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean that in a good way. He won't allow that to happen. Like, this guy is a sore loser, and I say that in the fact, like, he's not going to let them go down easy. He like, he's going ki- to go kicking, screaming if, if they lose. Like, it's not going to be from a lack of effort if North Branch loses. I just want to see how do you replace Martin and Drzeski and, and, like, the quarterback's back, right? Yeah, and Damasca. I, quarterback Will is Damasca. Damasca. Will Damasca's a stud. And then I heard their fourth running back in that rotation is back, and he was pretty good, but he didn't play that much last year. But again, I guess the question, how long does it take to figure it out? Because they opened with Redford Thurston. I don't know Redford Thurston from a hole in the wall. I have no idea what they're like, and maybe that's just me not being good at my job. But last year they were 1-5. The year before that they were 8-3. Uh, you know they they how, make the playoffs more often than they don't. You know how that goes. <laughs> what class just came in this season. Right. Exactly. So, I mean uh, – with North Branch, I think you're going to find out fairly quickly um, with Thurston and Cross-Lex. And even Armada at home is going to be kind of a, a good measuring stick game. But, uh, Dennis, I know you have thoughts. How do you replace that? Uh, how can you replace that? Right. I, I just – I don't know. I think North Branch – uh, again, I don't think they're going to be bad. I don't no, think, I think North they're the Branch third is suddenly going to be 0-9 no, they're or the anything third best team. like that. But I just – they can't be like they were last year. Um, and, and and they have to take at least a little step back. I guess the, the question is what adjustments does Furman make? Because obviously he's not going to attack it the same way you attack it when you have uh, a guy like – Dushetsky, who you could just put it anywhere on the offense, and he's instantly going to have to be triple teamed. Um, again, they open with Redford. Thurston I think they're going to miss him more defensively yeah. than offensively. That's the other thing. Their defense was really stout last year. What are they going to be this year? Guess how many points Krasnick scored against them in the playoffs? None. Exactly. Granted, no Jake quarterback. Wasn't there, but still. Yeah. Um, so let's go through their schedule. Home against Redford Thurston. I don't know. They might be a 30-point favorite. They might be a 30-point underdog. Couldn't tell you anything about Redford Thurston. At Cross-Lex, that's going to be a brawl. That is going to be a nasty football game. Home against Armada, at Yale, home against Almont, at Algonac, at Richmond, home against Emily City, and then at Linden. Don't know how good Linden is at football. I think they're pretty good. Ask Legro, just shoot him a tax real quick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I could do that for any team in the state of Michigan, and, he, and he'd tell me. But they, they but five and three last year, four and five, four and five the last few years. So, 
borderline playoff. I think the game is going to be that Richmond game, guys. I really think like it's going to say so much about both programs and where they're and at. That's not right till now. week seven. I mean, I, I think the again, what do they do against Croslex? What do they do against Armada? I think this is a North Branch team that plays in the playoffs, but I don't think it's a North Branch team that we're picking to beat Detroit Country Day like we did last year. Which, by the way, I think they beat them if they play it the next week. And not wait till January eighth. Yeah, I certainly I had them as the favorite in that game, and then everything got changed, and you had to wait a long time. Then the site got yeah, changed. The site got changed last minute. Yeah, so I I I do think that that had a big effect on how that game ended up being. So all right, who else do we need to go to? Do you want to go to MLA City? Yeah, that. So. Uh, you are have been one of the bigger MLA City proponents that I've talked to. The beginning of the summer, I was. Now, it's things that I've been told about them, and I didn't go to their scrimmage, but I know people who were there. That's the greatest thing about the scrimmages is the coconut wireless going on with everybody, <laughs> <laughs> everybody texting each other who looks good, who looks right. bad. I must have had ten coaches from Marine City to Croslex texted me what they saw and what they thought, and they want to know what I thought. And that's the best part. So. Yeah, there was a couple of our BWAC schools that went and scouted them, and I guess only 18 kids showed up to the scrimmage for Emily City. Not a good sign there. Um, Emily City's got some studs. Like Lance Wolford is going to be probably one of the best linebackers in the area. Christian Rojas should be one of the best running backs. He, this kid is like 125 pounds. He's five foot three, but he runs like a deer, and he's so small that you can't find him behind the line of scrimmage. And then they have a, um, a lineman in, in Dylan Landershire who's going to be one of the better linemen. But outside of that, who do they have? My my biggest thing with them is, like, I think Brian Tresnick's been doing such a good job since he took them over. Um, like, they almost went to the playoffs in 2019. They lost that coin flip and couldn't go. Right. And, yeah, they were in the playoffs last year, but everyone was in the playoffs last year. Like, their goal is to – I went over there this summer, and their goal is to be a legit team. They want to make the playoffs on their own. This senior class wants to be the class that kind of builds the foundation, and so Emily City is no longer the laughingstock of the BWAC. And I thought they were going to be that, but I just – from things I'm hearing, they're, they, they aren't living up to that hype right now. They could surprise us. You know, A lot of teams could surprise us. But, yeah, I'm really high on Rojas and, and Wolford and Landershire, but the rest of the team I don't really know. Dennis? Uh, I don't know enough about Emily City. I just know that it's gotten better. Yeah. Uh, that, again, yeah. Well, it was They, they were really bad. 0-9. If they got a win, that was a big I'm, season. Okay, before 2019, 1-8, 1-8, 1-8, 3-6, 5-4, 0-9, 1-8, 1-8, 0-9, 0-9, and that takes you back to 2009. Yeah, I mean, so when you, when you see years. them have five-win seasons, you're like, that's huge. Yeah. The last two years – they had matched their cumulative win total of the previous, like, six. Yeah. So the, they, they, the culture has improved. Um, their schedule, home against Durand, home against Richmond, at Almont, home against Croslex, home against Algonac. Four or five games to start at home, and then four games on the road to finish the season. That's rough. At Armada, at Yale, at North Branch, at Flint Southwestern. What this tells me is you're going to have to be able to steal – maybe split um, Richmond Almont, beat Durand at home. Uh, hopefully you can take down Algonac and Yale, but that stretch of four straight road games to finish it. You got you to get a little cushion before you spend a month away from home. 
The thing uh, Chesnick told me this summer about his team is that all of his best players are farmers. They work on the farm. <laughs> that's why practices are later in the day, I guess, so they can do their farm work and get to practice. I just think that's really cool. Like, So the work ethic's there for the kids who want to turn this thing around. It's just um, got to get a buy-in from the rest of the team. All right. Let's uh, round out the BWAC, Yale and Algonac. You're going to be at Algonac later today, so you haven't seen as much of that as you have some others. You saw Yale. I mean, either one of these teams, w which one do you want to start with and – where do you uh, want? Real quick on Algonac, I guess they had COVID last week. Uh, they, I was supposed to go there, I think, at 2 o'clock today, and they had to push it back to 4 o'clock because their their quarantine doesn't end until, like, 3 o'clock. Like, they, <laughs> they're, yeah. they're breaking quarantine on the dot for Jeez. practice. So I was supposed to be there, too. So, And they've had issues with this going back to last school year. Algonac's been one of those – uh, especially in boys' sports, they've been hammered with it. Well, I'm not going to say the school, but one of our schools just had a, a team in a different sport put in quarantine, and they got some lawyers out and reversed that real quick in town. So I think it's all just kind of where your mindset is as a community right. on that. But So I don't I don't know anything about Algonac right now other than the couple of kids who made my all-area team last year. I think they're going to be improved, but, I mean, the BWAC is just – it's a gauntlet, especially for a D6 school. Yeah, so Algonac, again, Dennis, I don't think we know much because um, we didn't get to see them a lot except for a little bit of baseball last year. Um, they open at Warren Lincoln. Now, I think that can be a telling game because Warren Lincoln's a team that, while not, I wouldn't say they're a very good team, they're not bad, and they've, they win more than they lose at least the last couple years. So that's their first non-conference. Home against Armada at Richmond. Home against Almont at Emily City. Home against North Branch at Croslex. Home against Yale. Home against Marlette. I I think that that's a a tall task. Marlette's going to move. I mean Gallagher was high on Marlette. Yeah, Mar Marlette's going to be throwing the ball all over the place, I guess, which is uh, rare up in that area. Yeah, <laughs> the thumb. But, uh, again, I actually – I look at week one and week nine as chances for Algonac to win football games. Yeah, Algonac, um, since they lost to Frankenmuth in the regional in 2017, they've won six games in three the, years. They've been better than Yale the last couple of years. Does that change this year? But I just uh, – our major Richmond, Elmont, Emily City, North Branch, Croslex, feasibly how many games are they going to win there? Yeah, I mean, maybe I if you get a, you get a team in the swamp, something like that. But that it's going to be tough for Algonac. You mentioned Yale; it's going to be tough for Yale. You saw them against Northern. You said they looked better, but it takes a little. You don't go from zero and seven the previous well, year to to a uh, powerhouse. Well, we can talk about that. Uh, Yale um, is not going to win the BWAC. They're not. They probably won't even make the playoffs, but they're going to be good. They're going to be the best Yale team you've seen in a minute. Um, and they're going to probably upset somebody. You're, it's, you guys are going to come here and record this podcast and be like, Yale beat Armada tonight. Yale beat Almont tonight. Like, one of those games they're going to win. It's well, going to happen. Uh, they looked so good in their scrimmage the other night. Um, so the whole story behind that is so they got a new coach, Garrett Grunman, Croslex's old coach. He transferred in to um, Yale in January for the second semester and uh, to be the PE teacher there. And 
they had guess how many kids were going to the weight room in that school in all sports I don't when know. he got there I have no idea eight a day oh all sports now that's not he got there uh, after cross country season now Greg Whitakin do not text me I know you got your kids in the weight room <laughs> in cross country season I'm not talking about that but when he got there it was like eight a day now he's got 60 football players in the weight room showing up four that, days a week. That's a culture thing. That's a culture thing. His whole thing is building the culture. And I interviewed two of his kids on Saturday, I think. And I'm going to do this story today or tomorrow. I'm writing this story. Uh, these kids said it's the hardest thing they've ever done in their life. Accountability. Like this guy wants them at, you know, conditioning. He wants them at weightlifting. And they got to make some life choices to show up to these things. And he says, the hardest thing I've ever done. He's like, but is it worth it? He says, Absolutely. And both these kids know that they are not going to win a ton of games this year, but their goal, and they told me this, is 20 years from now, there's going to be a state title banner hanging in our gym that says football on it, and we're going to be the class that started the culture change. And that's what they strongly believe. And I saw them against Northern. They beat up on them. They absolutely gashed Northern, like 18 to nothing, scored the first three touchdowns of the scrimmage. They had one, one drive that was four plays, 75 yards, three passes. With a, that ended with a, a beautifully placed fade route uh, to the wide receiver. They're going to upset somebody. And they're not going to be that great this year, and that's fine. They don't care. This is all about culture and proving that they're not the laughing stock of the BWAC anymore. And I think that's great for a community like Yale that's so proud. And uh, I guess the, the biggest change with them is, like, they're not going to be running the wing anymore. They're in a spread offense. You're going to see them pass the ball a lot. They're going to pass the setup to run. And it, and it looks awesome. And it's going to be a great change of pace. Dennis? I think that's good news because I think I said on an earlier thing, we got to get Yale back on track. Four, yeah. four years from now, you're going to circle Yale Croslex and you're going to want to be at that game. Yeah, and again, Yale Park sucks to play there. So that's an easy – that's a recipe for, for an upset. Their schedule – at Dearborn Heights, Annapolis, no, absolutely no. I know less about them than I do, like Thurston. Um, home against Almont, at Croslex, home against North Branch, home against Armada, at Richmond, home against MLA City, at Algonac, at Lutheran North. And, yeah, you see those three games, home against North Branch, home against Armada, home against MLA City, you're saying they're winning at least one of those games? They're going to upset somebody. Matt Richmond? Alma or made it someone. Someone's going to overlook Yale or somebody's going to play against Richmond and get the tar kicked out of them from the line mm -hmm. and we'll just stumble into that game against Yale and they're going to lose. All it's right. going to happen. And as far as the, the, the two road games to start and finish, uh, Lutheran North is generally pretty decent. Uh, I think Annapolis is beatable. I have no I, idea. I looked at their – I think I looked at their record – uh, a few weeks ago, and then they were nothing special. Uh, do, For the record, I talked to Grumman about it, and he said they could not get out of it, and that was contracted before he got there. Dearborn Heights, Annapolis has not won more than four games since 2013. Yeah, I, I, so maybe maybe that's good for Yale that they couldn't the, get out of that game. Because what's better to, to start building a culture than getting an early win? I was telling Grumman this, too, on Friday night uh, when I talked to him. Um Marine City is an awesome team, and they're going to try to win a state title this year. They couldn't make an offensive huddle against Lakeview. Their center was getting yelled at three or four times in a row by Lesson. Like, would you make a huddle? 
would you huddle up the guys? Right. We look awful. Would you huddle us up? Get us to the line. Yale looked like an army unit. They all clapped to break the huddle. They all trotted to the line in unison at the same pace, and they all got in their ready stances at the same time. Called They, they were running check with me's. Mm-hmm. Called the play, whatever their code is for their check with me's. Ran the play. Lined up, got in the huddle, broke the huddle. There's something to say about that. There is. All right. Well, I, any other thoughts on the BWAC? No, I think we've we've covered it, so let me play this break because right. there's still a segment yeah. to go. Because I th- think we're going to do what? <laughs> kind of get the loose ends, talk about maybe Mooney for a bit, um, just a quick word on the thumb, and then we'll finally get our preseason top ten out there. Okay, and, and I wanted just to protest and say I thought we were doing top tens Wednesday, so my top ten will be horrible. <laughs> and probably much different than uh, than Brady's, and certainly it'll be different from you because, number one, you your coverage is a little different, um, and I also think your thought process isn't wrong, but it's different but you than, saw that's than, how I did it. than what yes. we do. So, anyways, I- we'll be right back. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-87. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit at Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville, TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, 
North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right. Uh, you're, you're really diehard if you're hanging on with us today. Wow. <laughs> I'm sure you've had to stop and come back because this has been a long one. Far and away the longest show, but the football preview bonanza is always fun. Well, there's just so much to talk about, and, and like we covered – as much of the thumb as we could right. with uh, Gallagher right? so that we could talk more <laughs> about right. our <laughs> Quick thoughts on that, I guess. Um, Ubley and Harbor Beach are going to be good. Marlette, I guess, has a lot of kids. They're going to sling the ball around. Sandusky lost a lot, and they're going to be bringing some back. And I have no idea with eight-man football. I just know it's fun. Yeah. I'm going to go to some games this year. Probably what, Deckerville? I'm assuming is going to be really good. Um, Peck has been up and down I recently. I think Peck's going to be all right this year, and and they're in that lower division. I think they'll dominate yeah. that lower division. So, I mean, we'll we'll definitely keep talking about it. But uh, yeah, shameless plug. Go back to the podcast with Mike Gallagher. He did a great job talking about it. Um, so I heard yeah, he but, beat me in clicks. So this. Better, uh, no, it. no, he. I think your the playoff preview from last year still has that beat. All right, we still no, got to beat see. that. But here's a team when we talk about football, we absolutely have not talked about for the past ten years. Marine City Cardinal Money. Uh, this I don't know if they're going to be good this year, but they're going to be good as long as they keep doing what they're doing. The strides that they're making. Uh, Joe Quesnel's their coach. This is his third or fourth season. He was part of Shrine staff um, for like two decades, and he came over here when uh, Shrine fired their coach unceremoniously, and the kind of the staff all walked out in unison and supported this guy. So he he went cross division, and and he lives in New Baltimore, so it's not like he's coming from Oakland County every day, and he and he picks up. Cardinal Mooney and Cardinal Mooney, I think the day he took the job, had 14 kids in the program because they were still coming off of the, the, the time when they were an eight man, which completely ruined the program and morale and hope for the thing. So, camp, guess how many kids he had show up to camp? 30. 32. Oh, not too bad. From yeah, 14 keep, to 32. Keep in mind, Mooney, not a huge school. Mooney's enrollment listed on the MHSA site 156. Yeah. So that, that's a huge chunk. So consider Which, half of them are girls, so half the boys have showed so up with, for football. And by the way, when they were eight-man, their enrollment was like one in the 180s. 
And they have boys soccer this year too. Yes, they have a boys soccer team, and they have football, and they have thirty-two in the football program. That's uh, impressive. Yes, and here's the thing, Mooney. You look at their schedule. I do not. I am not a savant of the Catholic Intersectional League Two football teams. But what I do know is that some of the teams are going to be pretty good. They might go undefeated in their non-conference. They have a pretty good chance to do so. I mean, am I wrong for saying that? Mooney? Yeah. No, Shrine's going to win the conference. But no, yeah, but in their non-conference? Oh, non-conference. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely pencil in the K-Pack game as a win just because K-Pack had that weird season last year where half the games were JV games. Some of them were eight-man games. Some of them were varsity games. Right. I think they played one 11-man game. They literally, literally, if they could have played arena football last year, they would have played it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think Cardinal Mooney's got some games that they can win, like the Parkway Christian game to open the season. I think that could uh, potentially be a win, especially this year. Like, they have some dudes, and they have some name brands that you've heard of and that you've called in baseball and that mm. you've called in, in basketball. Um, so they got some athletes. They don't have all the athletes in the school. You would have wanted to see Trent Rice carrying oh, the ball. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you want to see Trent Rice on an end around? Or just can I turn just, the corner and go? Or just every play, Trent Rice, run straight. You will beat him more times than exactly. not. But, I mean, Brian Everhart's the quarterback, so he replaces his brother at quarterback. And Brian's a heck of an athlete. Mm-hmm. And from everything they say, he's going to be the most athletic out of the, the Everhart brothers. He's only mm-hmm. a sophomore, though, so he's still got much uh, growth to go. Um, they got some dudes. Like, their line's going to be good. Um, and they should be able to run the ball pretty well. They have a few capable receivers. I When I went to practice, I didn't see their defense too much, so I don't really know what's, what they're going to do there. But they're going to be improved. Like, this should be a four- or five-win team minimum. Yeah, and here's the thing with them is just you don't know, and you don't know what their opponents are. Like, I joke about, like, Thurston and Annapolis, Dearborn, whatever, that Yale plays. But Mooney's schedule, okay. At Parkway Christian. Probably the underdog in that game, but a winnable game for sure. At Rochester Hills Lutheran Northwest. Couldn't tell you anything except it's probably west of Lutheran North. <laughs> home I think ag- it's a winnable game. Yeah. Home against Liggett. Liggett has not historically been a good football yeah, team. Yeah, don't let, don't let the name intimidate you. It's not ba- – they, they, they put strength. all their recruiting into baseball. Yeah, Home against Shrine. Shrine is a really good Shrine's game. probably the decided favorite. At Our Lady of the Lakes, Mooney beat them for, what, the second time ever last year. Yeah. Usually a really good program, but they might be down a bit. I have no idea. Uh, at Clarkston Everest. Tough. Tough game. Home against Cabrini. Winnable. Home against Whitmore Lake. The team I know the least about on their schedule. Home, probably home, winnable. Home against KPAC. Yeah, winnable. All right, so I guess the only other team, uh, unless there's anything else about Mooney um, that you want to bring up. Uh, Yeah, they're running back, uh, Brendan Heisenleiter. He's uh, back from injury this year. I think he should be a 1,000-yard rusher. He might even lead the area in rushing. You think he'll be the dude? He's going to be a dude. He is a dude. All right, so um, Dennis, just real quick, Anchor Bay, they won the white last year. They're like quasi covered by us. It, it, it's like Schrodinger's 
coverage. We don't know if we're covering them or not. Um, well, we'll talk yeah, about them the, for sure. They have. Did I you mean, guys cover like, them in hockey? Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I cover them in hockey. It's yeah. like the hockey program wants to participate with the press, but their other programs don't. Yeah, so Mike Gioni is going to be an unbelievable is an unbelievable coach. He'll have them ready. I just don't know if they have the talent. They play in the white. Well, I mean, they, they just their schedule is ridiculous. At Pioneer, Dakota, Mott, at Ford, Utica, Lakeview, Lons Cruz North, at Ike, Romeo. They could be a good team and win four games. Yeah. I know you're going to be shocked by this, but I'm hearing good things about Mott. Mott should be good this year. Wow. Yeah. Are you shocked? Yeah. No. <laughs> so, anyway, anything else you want to just throw in a little bit about Anchor Bay? or uh, uh, We don't uh, really know many of the personnel there. Yeah, and, and Anchor Bay might struggle to win three games and still be a really good team and good program. Yeah. So, all right. Are we ready to release our preseason top ten? Something that Brady didn't want to do last year, and now he's okay. I about didn't it, want that he could sneak to do it me on this. because I didn't know anything. I had been out of the game for a while. Oh, you knew plenty. No, Are we I do this. How we did it last year, where we go ten to one. Let's go ten to one. Who wants to start? You let, let, let our guest let our guest do his list because I actually it's been out and I haven't had a chance to look at it. All right, so number ten, uh, just just a little side note. He did his for his coverage area. He does not do the thumb. He does not include North Branch. You don't inclu- do you include Anchor Bay? I, I include Anchor Bay, even though I'm probably not going to go to a game this year. Okay. But. but so North Branch is not on the table for you. None of the GTC teams are on the table for you, correct? I have covered Sandusky and Marlette in the past, but I don't. You, D- Dennis, you want to explain how I do my rankings? <laughs> no, I just want to make sure because Dennis does not like how I do my rankings. Just, I, it, I, it's not. It's just different from how I do mine, and that's why our lists are often really different. So anyway, just so like you're not putting Ubley or Harbor Beach into consideration. No. So, so I just wanted to make that clear. It, me and Dennis go by slightly different parameters than yeah. Brandon and, does, and, and I guess. For Brandon, we'll say size matters. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the way I do my rankings is I take who I think is the number one team in the area, and then yeah. I take every team I cover, and I say, will they beat that team? Right. And if they have 27 yeses, because I cover 26 yeses, because right. I cover 27 teams, you're number one. Number two, mm-hmm. can you beat the next 25 teams? Right. Yes. Number three, and down and down. So that's okay. that's how I do my coverage. So start at number 10. So number 10, I have Almont. Even though they kind of let me down on Thursday, I just think there's still talent there, and I believe in Coach Lusby. He's a great coach. That's, I mean, that's good. I just don't know about enough about them. Number ten, I had to put them in here. They're coming off a trip to Ford Field, and they're always a good team. I don't care if they're small. I put Ubley at number ten. I mean, they just win. I know they're a smaller school, but. I do think that they could play a lot of like if they were in the BWAC, they would be a, a, a competitive team in that league in most games, just because they're I think they're that good. So they're my number ten team. All right, uh, this may shock or not shock you guys. My number ten team is Northern. I I I think their defense is good enough. I think the blue is winnable. Um, I, I, obviously I, I think pH is a step ahead of them, but mm. I look at Northern schedule. I see wins there. If they score enough this year, they may be one of those teams that's in and out of my top 10 all year, mm. but they're going to start as number 10 for me. 
they could finish second in their division and they could finish second in the silver. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Um, number nine for you, Brandon. Imlay City. I'm still going to believe in them. Uh, that Richmond game in week two is going to say a lot about both teams if I'm right on both ends. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get that. You got you to gotta stick to your guns a little bit. Um, I'm going to, with my number nine, I'm going to – I called a late audible because of things that you've said and things I've heard. I'm putting Richmond at number nine. They're coming off a weird year. Were they unranked? They, I'm not going to say yes or no to that. <laughs> to that. They were but, unranked. But <laughs> they, um, they're coming off a weird year. I'm going to take your endorsement into it. I think this is a team that can shoot up the rankings really quick, but I just know more about them. And really, three through nine, I feel like I could put all the names in a hat, pull them out, and I'd have just as good of a chance as being right as where I put them. Yeah, like, I like that. I think that the the gap between three and nine, is, or nine and three, might be smaller between the gap from three and two. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, number nine for me is going to be Elmont. Uh, again, of all the teams that I don't know a whole lot about and that I can throw a blanket over, I'm going to trust that they're the best of that bunch. They should have the best running back in the league, Mason Smith. All right. They should. So who's who's at eight for you? Marysville. Marysville could have been at number four because they're in that put all the names in the so hat and just yeah, pull them out. Yeah, there's six teams that I think are like the, the next four or five teams I'm going to name I think would be if you wanted to put like a spread on a game, none are going to be more than a touchdown favorite. Exactly. So Marysville obviously replacing a lot of people. At my number eight, I have their rival, St. Clair. I, I, I'm buying a little bit into St. Clair. I like their line. I just need to see them. They're another team. They could be in – if they win week one, they might be as high as number one or two. But I got to see it first. St. Clair comes in at number eight for me. That's fair. All right, uh, my number eight, and simply when I was writing down my list, didn't know anything about them, but I have Richmond there. That's where I slid Richmond in. Had I done it after the conversation, I might bump them up a little higher. I might buy into what you're selling me. Pass your glass over here. I need to top off your Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> but I got, I got Richmond at number eight right now. All right, slide into number seven, Brandon. Northern, because I think them and Marysville are equal. So the only reason Northern's one spot higher on here is because they're the home team this week. If Marysville was the home team, it would have been flip-flop. <laughs> Fair enough. I have Northern at number seven as well. A lot of unknowns. Again, another team that two weeks in could be unranked, could be in the top three. Have no idea. We'll find out on Thursday. Dennis, who's at seven for you? Uh, at seven for me, um, because I'm going to show them respect because all they do is win. Uh, I know they're a smaller school. Yes, I don't think Harbor Beach can beat some of the other teams on the list because – Again, you do it by size. I do it by results. Harbor Beach is number seven. All right. Uh, number six. So this is going to sound bad, but I have Richmond at number six. You'd think they'd be higher. Um, I, it's kind of a show me. Mm -hmm. Like, I believe in you guys, but show me right. that you're going to do it. And I, I tweeted, I think they're going to be second or third on week nine on this list. I honestly do. I think, like, Croslex might be their only loss in the VWAC. 
they they definitely have a lot of upside. A program that we might that might be getting overlooked a bit because of one weird emotional year. Number six is where I slot Marysville in again. This kind of the same reasoning you went them in Northern. Um, I got to see them in the scrimmage, and I thought offensively they looked pretty good um, against PH. Like they played with PH. Like it wasn't. One of those where you saw the Big Reds kind of dominate them, and that was good. And the Sakuchis looked fast. I think I texted you, buy Sakuchi stock right now. Stonks. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So give me Marysville at number six. As six is where I put St. Clair. And I'll just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because you're right. both looking at me like I'm nuts. I know I'm nuts. But uh, I'm I not mean, looking at I, you like you're I, nuts. You have them higher than I have them. I, I, I like. Oh, wait, uh, the, as, well, much I as, like, as much as I we've like, debated St. Clair. Well, I like the league that they play in. Like, I, I think that's an advantage. Um, and again, I don't know a lot about the Saints, but how can you go against Moselle? As much <laughs> as we've debated this. <laughs> how can you this, go against Moselle? I have been more on the St. Clair train than you have been. All summer long. I have a lot of questions about St. Clair. <laughs> you have them at six, and I have them at eight. Six puts them in the bottom five. That could upset a lot of people. All right. Over to Folsom for number five. Anchor Bay. And I'm not going to cover any other games this year probably, but you win your division. And I know what people say about the white, the lesser than red. Right. But White's still, still good. To compete in the white, you got to have some marbles. And to, and to win the white, too. And plus, look at who their coach is, right? right. De La Salle's old coach. Like, that guy just knows how to win football games. All right. At five, this is a – a lot of this is out of just respect for last year. Um, I put North Branch here. I don't know what they have to replace, and that's it. I don't know. They could drop to unranked if they're 0-2 after two weeks. I just ha again, it's show me, but kind of the opposite way. Show me you're bad before I say you're bad because I'm not going to bet against a guy that's just 1-1-1-1-1 one and one and one and one and one everywhere he's gone. Yeah. They'd probably be nine on my list if I had North it, Branch. But I, I even considered adding North Branch to the coverage list, and I asked my readers, and like 70% said, do not cover them. We don't want to read them. <laughs> <laughs> Number five is where I put Marysville. Um, just after watching them against PH, they're going to score a lot of points, and in the silver, that'll win them a lot of Were games. Were you surprised by them when you saw them? I, I was surprised. I'm a little nervous about the defensive side of the ball, but – Marysville's going to score. They were the best team I saw week one, and by best I mean like they had the best practice when I went. We all know how that goes. Yeah. Like you could have your worst practice the day I come. Yeah, and then you're like, right? oh, they're awful. It's just yeah, the, they one, had the best out practice out of the first week that I went, and I told Derek that. Derek's like, well, you know we practice on turf, right, so everybody looks good on turf. <laughs> well, the, the other thing about it is I saw their defense against PH, who I think is going to score a lot yeah. too. So yeah. I'm going to give the defense – the benefit of the doubt playing against silver teams. And I, like I say, I think they're going to outscore most teams they play. Yeah. All right. Number four. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Number four. St. Clair. I you're all your chips <laughs> in the middle of the table for St. Clair. I will say if, if they end up going seven and two, you were the biggest on them before the season started. I don't even know if they win that many games, like four wins. I still think they should right. be in the middle of my rankings. Just goes look at their division. They're like the smallest school in their division. Yeah, it's it's, it's which hard. could end up helping them. Yeah, yeah. 
So um, that's yeah. Let's just put it this way: any wins they get this year, they earned. When you, when you got to play D three Woods Tower and D two Roseville and right, and there's no layups. Yeah, for them. Like when, when the closest teams your size are your direct rivals. That's not right. really good either. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. they're not. <laughs> oh, we got a D five team this week. No, it's bring. Yeah, it's one yeah. of the best D five teams in the state. My number four team, Anchor Bay. Little bit of Folsom. Um, Folsomisms here. They are a bigger school. They did win the white last year. They have Gioni as the coach. I'm going to trust them to be a pretty damn good football team. Again, anywhere from nine to three, I think is kind of a grab bag of na- of names. All right, uh, I uh, I'll say it right here. I didn't include Anchor Bay anywhere in my top ten. Not that I don't think they're a really good team. But, I mean, um, if Genevieve Decker was on the team, they probably would have been high on your list. <laughs> well, yeah, because uh, crazy good athlete. You know that. Yeah. You, you saw her play. She's incredible <laughs> in anything. Anyways, my number four, and again, this is where we really differ, me and Brendan at least. Um, up least my number four. They went to the state finals. Evan Prusky is back. He's their quarterback. Ubley up, gets my respect, and they're my number four team because they're going to be – Hard to beat the GTC East again this year, and they're going to make a long playoff run again this year. It's what Ubley does. All right. I, now I'm going to guess we have the same top three and maybe the same order. You PH. Sp- PH at three? PH at three. I got PH at three as well, Dennis. I got PH at three. I mean, I think they have the most talent, and they have a lot of upside. Uh, I think they're the best of the unprovens, but I need to see them on the field first before I can really buy into the I think they're going to hold steady even if they lose this week. Losing to Stony Creek is not a bad thing. No. All right. Um, You want to go to number two then? Crosslex. Okay. I was very torn between my one and two. I might flip-flop these teams weekly depending (laughs) on what they – like seriously, I think they are that close. I put Crosslex at two. Mainly because I'm respecting Marine City. They made it to the regional finals. They're Marine City. They're good year in and year out. But Croslex's size is what I love, and that's what wins big time games. Like the difference between one, like if Marine City doesn't have their best showing against St. Clair and Croslex beats Williamston. I think I might flip-flop them next week. These two are dead nuts close. Um, w- without all the explanation, Crosslex is number two right now. And then yeah. um, I'm just simply going to say Marine City's been doing it for three decades nonstop. Yeah. And then we all have Marine City number one, right? Yeah. yeah. It's so funny. Like you, you said, like, you're going to hear from people – that you yeah. don't have Crosslex one, you're going to hear from people if you don't have Marine City one, if you right. keep flip-flopping like that. I went to Marine City practice, and I got heckled by the coaching <laughs> staff because my top 25 just finished, and I put Chuck Tiger at two, and I put Jake Townsend at one, and they're just like, what, did they buy you a house up in Croswell? Like, <laughs> what is that all about? And I'm just saying, I just looked at Dave Friend when he said that, and I was just like, it's your fault. So <laughs> yeah. They're like, what are you talking about? I was like, you don't play the kid enough. Yeah, he doesn't need to play in 90% it's your of your fault. Games. <laughs> if you want him to be number one, play the kid. Um, and, and that's just how, that's just how I feel like Dennis, like they've been doing it for 30 years. Mike's been here for a year and a half. Right. And, and I, and I think he understands that. 
And I, I that's number one has to be earned. Yes. And Marine City's earned that right to be number one going into every season until somebody else has done it as long as they have. Yep. Yeah, and I again, seriously, if St. Clair plays them a little tougher and Cross Lex takes care of Williamston, like these might flip flop on a weekly basis. It's going to take a lot to, to, for someone else to crack the top two for me. You know, I, uh, I got another story like that, friend story. I uh, went to St. Clair's practice, and I just tweeted about how big of those human beings they have mm -hmm. on their line are and how hard they hit. And uh, that's how that photo of Croslex's lineman ended up on Twitter. Yeah. Because LeGros saw that. He <laughs> called me immediately. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he sent me the size and weights of each one of his linemen, and they average out to like 275. <laughs> he gave me their bios for each one. He told me what they're going to study when they go to graduate school six years from now. He told me what their pets' names are. He put that picture on Twitter, and he proudly said, no, we got the biggest lineman up here. Yeah, It's like this is going to be a good season because – Marine City and Croswell are not going to play each other, but they are rivals this year because their fan bases want to be – they want the best team. Yeah. And that – we're back to normal, you guys. Yep. Like, COVID and, is not going to win And this let's time. put it this way. If Marine City and Croslex played, wherever the game was is who I'd favor. Is that Croslex? I'd pick – I'd give a slight edge to Croslex. If it was that Marine City, I'd give a slight edge to If Marine we're playing City. that game, LeGro would want it in a Burger King parking lot. <laughs> and that's where I'd be fine it. with that. Yeah. Especially at halftime. <laughs> anyway, anyway, before we wrap this up, I did think it was funny, the Marine City, the rat poison. That made me laugh with about the media hype about how much we just talked them up as we did it for 25 minutes in the first segment, too. Yeah, it was like the day after you guys were there and I got there, and I was there for 90 minutes, and like the, the kids were loafing it, and like uh, Nolan Dislerath, I think he's one of the captains, he was telling me, he's like, yeah, we, that was like our, our worst session we've had all, all summer. Like, I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's the humidity. And then Coach Nesbitt's just like, stop with the rat poison. Don't listen to the media. And he looks over at me. He's like, don't listen to the media. And then Dave Friend's like up there talking about don't listen to the media. And then I talked to Letts, <laughs> and he's like, well, it's the Saban thing, the rat poison. I was like, well, I got the lead for my story. Yeah. I'll be the villain in your story. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you want to know what my number one most clicked on story was in August so rat far? Poison. The rat poison story by a landslide. That is great, though. Now, you know, stop going eight and one every year, and we'll stop yeah. talking about you. Yeah. It was, it was like <laughs> it was like with Rice um, and Cardinal Mooney baseball. Don't steamroll. If you, want, you don't want us to hype you up, don't steamroll everyone and <laughs> get to a state <laughs> title. Sorry, you're just too good. It <laughs> comes with being really good. Is then they'll sandbag you like uh, districts. Like, oh, we got a really hard Lenaway Christian team coming up. <laughs> Ten, worried nothing, worried about lanes. it. He swears that they were a yes, good team. That they just jumped on the kid. But anyway, <laughs> all right, this has been like twice as long as our next longest podcast. Dennis, anything else? Wednesday, we're going to have the picks. Or, yeah, Wednesday. Um, programming note, this week we're going to go Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning with the live reactions from Thursdays. You can hear about Friday night's games the following Monday. We will do that for the first two weeks. And then after which point we will switch to Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday morning. Okay. I'm glad you knew that. Yes. Actually, I did know that. So. Anything else, Mr. Folsom? You know what? I'm going to derail you guys one more time. i got another thing to say about Richmond. Their school's under construction right now, and they had to delay the start of school two weeks. So their first week of school is week five of the season. Jeez. So 
tuck that away when you make your picks in week five because you know how that first week of school is for football players where they're kind of sluggish at practice because you know like oh we're back to getting up at six in the morning to go yeah. to school type of thing can you believe that week that, five so when are they going to get out the fourth of july well that'll be good for softball though when they make another run in baseball all the kids will still be in yeah. school following the games yeah. <laughs> all right I, anyway I, no bef- more for me <laughs> um uh, yeah anyway yeah let's Let's send this off air. We'll put our predictions for each team and their record. We'll seal that, and we'll open it up when we do our playoff preview show. Oh, here we go again. So, All right. Anything else, Dennis? So competitive. Back no, up. other than to, uh, to say uh, thank you uh, to uh, Brendan Folsom for, for coming out, and always uh, it's good to uh, hear your opinion on things. Uh, yeah. And, uh, well, Brady, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me on. I'll see you week 10. All right. High school football kicks off on August 26th, and Get Stuck on Sports will be there for all the action. Moles with a spin move up the middle, breaks loose at the 30, Moles to the 25, 20, to the 15, to the 10, to the 5, dives for the goal line. It's a big red touchdown. 26 regular season games in nine weeks. Plus, playoffs. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Yes, playoffs. All on GetStuckOnSports.com. The place to be for high school football in the Blue Water area is GetStuckOnSports.com. Your kids, your schools, your sports. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water area is stuck on sports.